Hello, everybody. This Hi. is it. This is it. I'm Joshua. I'm Jamie. And we're, we're going to do Daredevil. Daredevil. This is episode 15. We are, Ooh, no. there. we are up to issue 100. 100. Yes. I dropped the H so hard there. 100. You know what we should have done? We, should have can- we also should have counted how many other appearances he had. I dropped the ball on that. Oh, I just thought about man. that right now. I would say we've probably covered maybe 150. 110 to 115 issues. Yeah, easily, I think. Yeah. We did um, six uh, guest appearances alone, roughly, and then right. we've done maybe another, maybe another ten or twelve other issues and things like that. So yeah, yeah, <clears throat> it's yeah. been it's been a wild ride. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. Should we recap on where we are? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I okay. mean, we're obviously not going to go over every single. Well, okay, yes, we are. Never okay. mind. I don't know. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's give you a quick recap of the first ninety nine issues of Daredevil as uh, presented by Stanley, Bill Everett, Joe Orlando, Wally Wood, John Romita, Roy Thomas, Gene Colan, Jerry Conway, and uh, Barry Windsor Smith occasionally. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Matt Murdock, son of a former boxer, Jack Murdock, is blinded in an accident when saving a blind man about to be hit by a truck. He finds his other senses are heightened, possibly as a result of the accident. When his father is murdered after failing to take a dive in a fight organized by the Fixer, Matt, who has secretly been trained against his father's wishes, dons the costume of the masked vigilante Daredevil, a nickname the neighborhood kids called him because he was bookish at his father's existence. Daredevil takes down the Fixer's gang. The Fixer himself dying of a heart attack in the struggle. Matt likes being Daredevil. Yes, and he forms the law firm Nelson and Murdoch with his college friend Franklin Foggy Nelson. And they hire Karen Page as their secretary. They get hired to work as the law firm of, at the law firm of the Fantastic Four, and Daredevil tingles with Electro on a rocket ship. An accountant, bird-themed villain, the Owl Eyers, Matt Murdock to get him out of jail, but doesn't need him. Daredevil finds him and designs a backpack for his change of clothes. I love the backpack. <laughs> uh, Kilgrave the Purple Man orders a crowd to attack Daredevil. He ditches the backpack, but as Billy Club gets fancier, he stops Kilgrave with a retractable awning and a boomerang. The Matador comes to town and casually robs a costume party, but Daredevil quickly stops him because he's not very good. The Fellowship of Fear is formed by Mr. Fear the First, and Foggy hits his head. The Submariner comes to town. He doesn't have time to wait for your BSD that Daredevil changes his <laughs> costume colors, and Namor respects this. <laughs> nice. Uh, Stiltman comes to town. The Billy Club gets even fancier, and then Stiltman shrinks into nothingness. Matt visits Lichtenberg, where Count Klaus Kruger promises to fix his vision, but was actually planning to blow up the world, and the Eye Doctor saves the day. The Organizer gets a bunch of of masters of the universe looking like villains to attack Daredevil, while Foggy meets Debbie Harris and runs for district attorney. But it was all a scam, so Matt takes a break. He's taken hostage by the plunderer, and they visit the Savage Land, where he loses his radar senses but is healed by Kevin and plants before being taken to England to uncover a powered or a crime syndicate and stop the end of the world. He goes back to New York. He fights the ox, who has body swapped with Carl Strag and beats the ox before the ox goes back to jail. Spider-Man suspects that Foggy is Daredevil, and we learn the Mass Marauder is around, and we learn how easy it is to get a TV spot in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> Foggy tries to impress Karen by getting a Daredevil costume made and setting up a fight with the Gladiator. But the Gladiator is, pay- is playing for keeps, so Daredevil has to save him. Go figure. 
and the gladiator reluctantly teams up with the masked marauder. Foggy comes clean. The owl kidnaps Matt Murdock to defend a judge at a kangaroo court. Daredevil saves the day, gliding a metal owl to safety uh, back at the mainland. The masked marauder gets the tri-man involved in an attempt to become the head of the magia, but they're more impressed by Gladiator. Who isn't? Yeah. Daredevil makes his way back to the U.S. via England, where the plunderer is back at it again. When we finally get back to New York, the leapfrog is on the scene, and Matt has to invent Mike Murdock, his twin brother, to cover his absence and closeness to Daredevil. Leapfrog escapes from jail thanks to his shoes and stilt man. Matt does a quick change into Daredevil while swinging underneath a helicopter. Matt heads upstate and meets aliens, go figure, then returns home to pretend to be Mike, pretending to be Daredevil, so that he can actually pretend that Mike saves him and, as Daredevil, take down a crime syndicate. Then he pretends to be Thor before being blinded (laughs) by Mr. Hyde and Cobra, but then he pretends that he's beaten Mr. Hyde in the dark, so Cobra attacks Mr. Hyde and he gets the antidote. He fights the beetle on TV in Canada, almost gets sent into the stratosphere by the trapster before throwing out his back in a fight and then being kidnapped by Dr. Doom, who body swaps with him, and he has to pretend to be Doom while trapped in Doom while Doom pretends to be him attacking the Fantastic Four. They swap back when he declares war on several countries, but then Doom pretends that that they haven't swapped back, so he teams up with Thor and Spider-Man to convince them that he isn't Doom, but they just think that they're all robots. (laughs) (laughs) He's then faced out of reality, and when he gets back, he decides to fake Mike Murdock's death. The Jester then fakes his own death and frames Daredevil for it, turning the city against him. But he fixes it by pretending to be the Jester on television who doesn't want to be upstaged. Mm-hmm. Good one. <coughs> um, he meets Willie Lincoln, fights Stillman again, and then gets caught up with Star Saxon, who pretends to be Mr. Fear to fight him, not before Matt has to fake his own death and fight Captain America for some reason. Oh, and he becomes friends with the Black Panther. Karen goes home upstate to find that her dad is missing, but he... Had, but he has actually become Death's head. Daredevil follows, gets forced to pretend to be Death's head, escapes, fights him, Death's head gets killed, and Daredevil reveals that he is Matt to young Karen. Mm-hmm. Stuntmaster is hired for a cool grand by the crime by Crime Wave to assassinate Daredevil, but fails miserably. Crime Wave tries Tornado, who fails. Crime Wave tries to set up Debbie Harris and is Foggy's assistant DA. He forgets Karen's birthday, he probably does. the most important thing. Mm-hmm. That's while going up against the uh, Hyde, Cobra, and the Jester, and the crazy funhouse. Oh, yeah. <coughs> um, he meets the a-hole Nighthawk. Uh, Karen leaves while he fights Gladiator in jail. He goes to Hollywood to find Karen, and fights Brother Brimstone over um, the Briar Tar Pits. Uh, Stiltman comes again and stomps on a boat. <laughs> um, Matt makes friends with a boxer who is fighting a strange crime gang that I don't think we ever see again. Uh, no, that we do not. Um, then we meet Turk for the first time, and Daredevil and Black Panther uh, team up to fight another crime gang, um, which are called the Thunderbolts, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, and then the Tribune blows up, or attempts to blow up the vice president. Um, we meet Tagak, a leopard from another dimension. <laughs> it jumps uh, through a mirror, everybody. Every every now and then, he'll jump through a mirror. <laughs> um, he takes on the Zodiacs by not fighting the Zodiacs. Um, the city goes blind. He goes to Delvadia to fight El Condor. Um, a teardrop explodes for no real reason. He meets Mr. Klein, and uh, who creates the man ball. The owl gets hired by Mr. Klein, but doesn't really want to do what Mr. Klein wants, but Mr. Klein knew that anyway because he's super smart. And then he fights a fake scorpion <laughs> and a fake Mr. Hyde and is saved by the Black Widow. 
and Black Widow gets tried for killing the fake Scorpion. Um, they leave town and go to San Francisco. Yes. And, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> not before he goes to Switzerland to be cured of his blindness, only to discover that it's Mr. Klein is a robot from the future, and then he lands a plane whilst fighting the gladiator. Um, he takes on the ox again, and then when in San Francisco, he meets the Purple Man again, he meets Electro again, and a third Mr. Fear comes into the town, and then we have uh, Dran appears on the scene with the blue talon, and uh, Black Panther pretends to be Daredevil to fight the blue talon so that Matt can keep pre- his identity keep secret. His identity secret. Uh, Dran becomes indestructible, except for when you throw a pole at his power orb. <laughs> And uh, Mamble gets his revenge, uh, shoots Daredevil, poisons San Francisco, but they all make it right. And Daredevil sees an acrobat become a dark messiah, takes on the Disciples of Doom, and then he fights Hawkeye for no real reason. At all. At all, (laughs) and briefly becomes an Avenger. Yes. That takes us to issue one. That is a lot of stuff. That is so much that we covered in the first 99 issues Mm -hmm. of Daredevil Volume 1. How many years? <coughs> Started in 64 and we're up to 73, I believe. Yeah, 1973. Right. So, so almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. Almost a decade. Almost a Daredevil. decade of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. And it's been fun. It's oh, been it's, great fun. It's been so much fun. And it's just fun to kind of look back and think about all of the villains that they created over a span of 100 issues. Mm-hmm. Some of them are still around today. Some you know, we've got Steel Man, you know, Gladiator. You mm-hmm. know, they still pop up every once in a while. But yeah, most yeah, most of these villains though were one and done. Yeah, or didn't last longer than a you know a few issue arc. Uh-huh. And uh, it's just crazy to think about the you know the creativity and and how much goes into forming you know the Daredevil world. And even up to today, like they, you know, just recently, um, uh, season three of Daredevil on Netflix mm-hmm. was released, and just you know, released this week. Obviously, it's more darker yeah. than uh, than what we're, we've been covering over these first hundred issues. Yeah, but it still pulls from stuff that happened back then. Yeah, you so, still have moments. There's been, mm-hmm. you know, the gladiator has appeared, yeah. albeit not in costume yet. Mm-hmm. But there's been little hints. You've seen the blades yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the owl was in it. I know. I keep going back to the owl. Here's a little fun fact for you. So the owl. Um, the X-Men villain Apocalypse mm-hmm. was actually going to be the Owl in the storyline when they first introduced him. He was going to be the big mastermind in that whole storyline. And they changed, I don't remember why they changed, but they changed it at the last minute and invented Apocalypse. So that's where Apocalypse came from. The really? Owl. Came mm-hmm. out, I did not know that he came yeah. out of the Owl. Yeah. Pretty cool. I don't know how <laughs> uh, how effective the Owl would have been yeah. as, a, as a big bad. He's always kind of this interesting... The, the fact that he has this kind of aggressive drive because he's such a failure is, is interesting to me. He's yeah. always been more interesting as like this. There's there's a certain amount of intelligence, but not quite enough. And he's always, he's his own worst enemy in a lot of ways. And it right. kind of justifies why he gets more and more aggressive as he goes on, which I like. Yeah. And that, that kind of, the, the thing I like about all of his villains is they have really good developments. They don't yeah. just exist as the same repeat thing they come back right. and they make sense while they're coming yeah. back and why they've changed a little bit so yeah and i know i've joked around several times about daredevil needing an, uh, an arch nemesis yeah, and who knows maybe maybe uh, issue 100 yeah i know exactly so uh, we hope you guys enjoyed our, our quick little five minute <coughs> sum up of the first 100 or first excuse me first 99 issues mm-hmm. we got a lot of fun stuff planned yeah. for today yeah uh, a lot of 
a lot of a lot of fun lists. You know, we're going to go over our, some our things, favorites. our favorites, some of our least favorites. Jamie's got to kill. We got so many things that are going on. But first off, we have to cover issue number one hundred. <coughs> issue one hundred. Yeah. So we got it's a it's a it's not really a huge one. It's just no. Like, I was that you're right. I was disappointed. I was expecting because it even says on the cover. You know, there's spectacular. that yeah spectacular issue one hundred, <laughs> and it really was not that spec spectacular. <coughs> no, the yeah. biggest the biggest spectacle for me is and this is this is very sad for me is it uh, um this is uh is it colin's last issue it's his last issue um he comes a back, regular artist. yeah he comes back and does a few fill-ins but this yeah. is the end of his tenure mm-hmm. and he started at number 20 was it, it six it was uh so we basically, I mean, the art team and the writing team for, for a comic book, especially considering how quickly they can change these days. Um, I mean, you had Bill Everett and uh, Stan Lee for issue one. Mm-hmm. And then Joe Orlando came in as the artist for issues two, three, and four. Then Wollywood for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, um, John Romita was in, was it 12? He, I think he plotted out his first one. Yeah. So he came around then, but Gene Cullen started on issue 20. Oh, is issue 20? Issue 20. Now, okay. Stanley's been writing this whole time, and he goes up to issue 50. 50. Right, yeah. All right, he's taken over by Roy Thomas in 51, and Jerry Conway comes in in 72, and that takes us to Steve Gerber, who is kind of in 97. He starts as the main writer, and then I think, well, he co-writes and then becomes the main writer, and he's the writer on this issue. But Gene Cullen has been the constant artist except for issues 50 51 and 52 i believe which was, yeah and, uh, and there were a few there and there were a few other fill-ins as well a couple of but not many normally one issue or. so he probably i mean it's safe to say he did at least 70 issues then mm-hmm. he did 70 issues in a span of 80 yeah. and if you i mean that does not happen anymore no and he was anywhere across for a long time yeah it's i mean cr- 70 issues and there were 20 pages each so you know you that's do the math because I'm not going to. Yeah, <laughs> it's one thousand four hundred. Yeah, but no, but that's crazy to think yeah. about. It really is to do to be on a book for that long. Yeah, yeah, and he comes back a couple of times as well. Mm-hmm. But it, I think at this point he takes over on um, Dracula uh, for Marvel, and he starts doing that, the Tomb of Dracula series. Do you know if that was by choice? Like he just wanted something new. I think he wanted a break from what I've I've read around it a little bit, and I think he he wanted to step away from the book and wanted right. a break. Which makes sense. I mean, sure. That's that's like seven or eight years worth of, you know. Yeah, and and and, and remember, at that time in the, you know in, in the seventies, the artist was doing a lot of the writing. Yeah, they, they really were. So yeah. he he had to come up with, you know, you had to be so creative because yeah. you were not being told by a writer what to draw on each panel. Yeah, that so, kind of comes the stage that we're getting into now. I think with the writers like Steve Gerber is becoming a more evolved form of the Marvel style in which the writer has a little more hands-on. And you can see that in the storytelling uh, from Stan Lee to Roy Thomas to um, Jerry Conway. The, you can, the storytelling is still very embedded in Gene Colan. Right. And it's the scripting, the the dialogue comes from these guys. And that's where you see the big changes is how they write dialogue. Um, But then when Steve Gerber comes, you feel a real shift in storytelling in the, the, the way that the story is presented and yeah 
Well, I'm I'm excited to get into <laughs> get into what we're going to talk about today. <coughs> so we're going to so we're going to quickly go over issue 100. Yes. Uh, we're not going to leave anybody hanging. I know you no. guys are curious uh, what happens in issue 100. This one is called Mindstorm. Mindstorm, and we have uh, we have Gerber and Colin and Talatoni. I I never know if I'm saying that guy's yeah. name. Yeah, Talatoni. Um, R.E. Simic, who I believe was also. Um, he was the colorist, but he was he was credited with a different name yeah. as a colorist. He was uh, a Jetta, I believe, was the name, but it was apparently it was RT that was doing it. Um, so um, we we leave off of actually we leave off of um, or we come off of Avengers one eleven, which was mm-hmm. the last time we saw Daredevil, and uh, this issue takes place right after um, the events of that one. Yeah, and it starts with Daredevil. He's flying back to San Francisco because he had gone to New York to help um, the, Avengers. the Avengers take out Magneto, mm-hmm. mind controlling Magneto. Yeah, and. Uh, um, obviously him and black widow, they went together, but black widow decided to stay yeah. because she's going to, you know, she wants to join the Avengers to give herself time to think daredevil does not want to be part of a group. So no. he goes solo back to San Francisco. Yeah, he takes a Quinjet. He's flying along. And, uh, just as he's about to land in San Francisco, he uses the Quinjet's, uh, radar. To yeah. They check have like, his landing. Yeah. They have, and, and they have a scanner and the scanner itself tells daredevil that there is a mugging that's happening yeah. nearby. And he's impressed pretty by advanced. how yeah, that yeah. is an advanced technology he says trust i think he says like trust tony stark to invent a radar that's as as effective as my own one or something like that so he sees the muggins going on and he does the 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 cool thing of uh, ejecting setting the quinjet to autopilot ejecting his seat out does a quick somersault while the jet flies off flips around yeah. a couple of times and comes landing down. Yeah, the jet is uh, autopilots back to New York. They make mm-hmm. sure to, to put that in there so people wouldn't think, well, what happens to the airplane? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we yeah. find out that, don't worry, everyone, that safely goes back to the Avengers. Um, and on his way down, so after he does the somersaults and jumps out of the yeah. plane, he gets this really weird mind freakout moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it almost looks like he's in outer space. Yeah, And it's at least at that moment, it's unexplainable, and he has no idea what, why, why he gets it, yeah. but it quickly goes away. It doesn't last for very long. Yeah, it throws his senses off completely, but it, it comes and goes. It's, it's in, in the comic, it's literally one panel where he's just suddenly floating in space, and then, mm-hmm. and then he's falling. And uh, luckily, he's saved by his good friend, the Flagpole. By the Flagpole, yep. yes. So Flag, Flagpole Jones. Flagpole Jones. Uh, he jumps down and uh, lands amongst the robbers. Yeah. And it's it, so it, he, he easily takes these guys out. You know, yeah, they, he they got guns and got, weapons um, and makeup on. They're wearing yeah. like um, face grease, like acting makeup. Yeah. So he automatically assumes that they're <laughs> a, um, a street theater troupe. Yeah. Just because they're wearing makeup. Yeah. Um, but um, we realize that they're just younger guys. Yeah. And uh, one of them has this, there's a great sequence where one of them says that they, they, they're happy to fight pigs, um, even superheroed pigs. They're the best to fight. So right. there's some like a uh, good street toughness, some uh, some counterculture yeah. street toughness. And these kids, uh, he takes them out really easy. Oh, really easy. And the, and they were stealing um, files from a magazine uh, mm-hmm. paper office. Yeah, from the Rolling Stone. The Rolling magazine. Stone. Um, yeah. So the super pig beats them up, and uh, he f- he meets the editor of uh, Rolling Stone at that point, the creator and editor, uh, Jan Wiener. It, it, it was kind of interesting. He just shows up. He's he's there. And, and I <laughs> don't know if, yeah, if he was watching it all or, yeah. or he just wanted to see his place getting robbed. But uh, yeah. I don't know. But he's there. And um, 
he convinces Daredevil to come back to uh, his office. It's 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 a little doesn't exactly say how he or it's it's hard to kind of figure out why Daredevil decides to go back. There's two things going on here. Mm-hmm. Daredevil liked the magazine and, and he talks yeah. about how, you know, back in New York, this, a hip cat. Yeah. This was one that I actually read Rolling Stone. So he was kind of intrigued by that. Cause yeah. it was something that he was interested in. Um, but he also wanted to get some intel of what's going on. And mm. it, there's been a lot of weird robberies and things happening lately yeah, in San a lot Francisco. Of, uh, child gangs. Yeah. Kid gangs and, yeah. And, and, and they're attacking, or not, excuse me, they're, well, I guess they're robbing from newspapers, from school research centers. It's not mm-hmm. your typical, you know, going for money or jewels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he also kind of follows the editor up to the offices of the Rolling Stone because he wants to get some more intel. Yeah. He wants to figure out what is going on in San Francisco. So there's two reasons why he kind of he kind of heads up there. Yeah. Even though um, Daredevil is a super pig, <laughs> he is, um, he's always been presented as being like on the cooler side of of town they, they, they've mentioned music in the past and he's always been like my my jam is more and he'll mention some like folk singer or right. some, some but uh, he's sure but, but, but he's sure he sure is stylish though he he wears a cravat which kind yes. of like he's he's <laughs> he's kind of like the uh i guess he's like i don't know he, he I always think of Dean Mine when I think of yeah. him. Like, I mean, what what percentage of the population in big cities actually wore those in the 70s? I'm going to say uh, not many. Yeah. So he style is important to yeah. him. He's, yeah. He's, he's, he's straight from a fashion magazine. Yeah. Let's not mess around. He, he wears clothes <laughs> like he is in a fashion yeah. I will say, though, my favorite of his casual outfits so far was that sweater that he was rocking. <laughs> a few oh, it, it, when back. he was walking in the garden, right? Walking in the yeah. garden. I like oh, that it sweater. Oh, was great. Ooh, that was a good it, one. And I think I mentioned before. Can you imagine if Matt was at a uh, ugly, uh, ugly Christmas sweater party? Oh yeah. You know he would. You know yeah. he'd steal the show. Yeah, yeah. I think even now. I mean, they, they still. He's still pretty fashionable now, but he has like uh, he has nice suits because he's a lawyer. But he also had that the cool T-shirt thing that was going on for a while. Where he said, "I'm not Daredevil." Yeah. Which is, I can't wait to get into talking about those. Uh, I'm, I'm, I reading these first 100 has just made me more excited about reading. Two things have happened. One. I, it makes me want to read more. I want to read so much more, and I'm so happy for that. Yeah, you I want you you want to know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. And two, there is a section in this first 100 which I think I will annually reread. That is my favorite section of comic books. I think, mm-hmm. for, and I can't wait to. Well, whilst when we move forward, every now and then I'm going to go back and read this. It's only like 20 issues, but. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite. Yeah, there's a lot of gems in these first ones. Yeah. So, sorry, we're getting off topic. We, we are we got digressing a, yeah. massively. So anyway, we're at Rolling Stone. <laughs> yeah, Daredevil, um, he agrees. He agrees to an interview. Yeah, he, get, he gets suckered into it. Yeah, he's, he's told that even though he's, uh, even though he's part of the establishment and the man, you know, it's uh, that he's one of the good guys because he's a vigilante and we need, and he he's not the kind of vigilante that's like extreme justice now. He's one of the people that sees that like, you know, the, the world has to be fixed and, there, there. He's looking for the right kind of justice. He, the, the the editor tells him about you know how um, the system is broken, but you're one of the guys that's fighting for the people. And he says, well, after that sales pitch, I can't really say no. And uh, so they go in and they're being interviewed, and most of the interview is basically um, it's stuff that he can't answer. Yeah, it's Jan saying, so what's your yeah. real name? And he's yeah. like, oh, and then he'll have a flashback yeah. and he'll think it, about it. And, and this part was neat. Um, this is the second time that Gene Colan has had an opportunity yeah. to draw the origin of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And this is not like, I think it was issue 51, maybe? 51 it was just or 52, after that. Just yeah, after it was Stan around when Lee Star left. Saxon had revealed that he knew. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was 53 or three. Yeah, in the early 50s, uh-huh. we, we got a, a whole... 
you know, a brand new, I'll say, I'll say a brand new retelling yeah. with the original story of um, his origin. Mm-hmm. And so this is the second time that Gene's been able to do it. And this is much, this is a much quicker version. It's completely streamlined. Yeah. And like throughout the interview, uh, Matt, Matt will be thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, his past um, as he's getting asked these questions. So it's just, it's just neat that, that Gene's getting an opportunity to draw some of the things again, you know, like interaction with his father, with Jack Murdoch, with him, you know, pushing the blind man out of the way, yeah. all, all that stuff. It's like, it's drawn now a third way. Yeah. So this is issue 100 and we've already seen his origin three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a, uh, the, the good thing about his origin is that the core details remain the same, even right. in modern retellings. I know Frank Miller really tried to uh, uh, retcon it a certain way, and um, and there's there's elements that get a little darker as we move forward and change with the times. But the, ultimately, it's very embedded in this simple act of he's trying to save somebody, and as a result, this accident happens that, yeah. that blinds him, and that's like the the one key step that remains the same. And then the fact that his father is uh, is killed so um during the interview um if you remember earlier i'd mentioned that when daredevil's coming out of that quinjet he has that really weird mind freak out moment <coughs> yeah well it happens again mm-hmm. and daredevil notices that it's not just happening to him no it's happening to everybody else but the weird part is is that when it happens to other people they almost immediately forget yeah, it's that kind it of like happened. a dream that, yeah. that just recedes away. But, um, for, but but for Daredevil, for some reason, he's able to remember exactly yeah. what happened during that mind freakout, which I guess we can attribute to his radar senses or something. Yeah, and the fact that he's blind, maybe it's more of an intuitive remembrance rather than because he's not actually seeing the stuff happening; he's just aware that it's happening around. Right. Him. What happens is that um, uh, Jan is asking him about Mike Murdoch and asking him about um, Daredevil being in San Francisco and why Mike Murdoch, um, who was the first Daredevil, because he mentions that his name came from the kids making fun of him. He says, oh, Daredevil was a name the kids gave me in the street. They made fun of me because I was bookish. And he's saying that. And then the guy says, well, wasn't Mike Murdoch Daredevil? Jan says, why wasn't Mike Murdoch the first Daredevil? And he has to think on his feet. And he says, well, no, what it was was that I am Daredevil and Mike was Daredevil. We were sharing it at first. Mike got killed and I continued and that's why I'm in San Francisco because I was looking after his brother. So, you know, there's um, so many daredevils. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this, yeah. this mind war happens. The mind war happens and what happens is that um, uh, daredevil senses, he sees, one, one thing I found interesting was that he sees the Murdoch and Nelson law firm door in the mm-hmm. mind warp in the reality warp and the door opens and the jester and leapfrog and um um the eel i believe was in there there's a bunch of his old villains basically come pouring out and attack him and uh, jan's just kind of floating around next to him and this big fight happens and it's just like a, a it's a like a neat way of recapping all of the bad guys that he's been fighting recently mm-hmm. and in reality it stops reality goes back to normal and Daredevil goes around the offices and talk to people. And at first they all remember it's happening, but then they start to get on with it because they're trying, they're helping people who have been frightened and they're working together. And Daredevil points out and says, you know, I, you all say I'm a hero, but these are the real heroes. Look, these people are helping each other, even though this weird event happens. And for me, that's a normal thing because I'm, I'm invested in this world. I'm a superhero and I choose to 
wear a costume and put myself in situations where I'm going to encounter this weirdness. These people are just getting on with their lives and this weird thing has just happened and they're still just getting on with their lives. They're working together to make sure that um, everyone's okay and they're the real heroes. And he gives this, gives this great speech and then what happens is everyone's memory just drifts away i know <laughs> and he's like what none of you remember the big speech yeah it's like come on yeah. <laughs> he says that was a really good speech guys yeah so so he ends up calling um his his buddy lieutenant carson <laughs> yeah uh, just to, he, he, he wants to confirm that it's that he's not going crazy no because you know he's not even sure if that, that might be the case you know yeah, maybe he, maybe he yeah on. maybe he's imagining all this stuff mm-hmm. and it's not really happening but um after calling carson it kind of confirms his suspicion yeah carson says that it's been it's being reported around yeah, the city. yeah. And there's also there's a great bit which is um i last episode you said about how carson and black widow have had a thing going on and i've been pretty oblivious to it but as a just before he ends the phone call with with carson carson quickly says hey i heard you broke up with black widow <laughs> is that true and then <laughs> yeah. i was like not now not yeah, now yeah, buddy. Yeah. um so so anyway so daredevil he exits and he runs in or oh, sorry, yeah, okay. So so he exits, right? And then he jumps out the window, and when he jumps out mm-hmm. the window, uh, everything is space again. Yeah, it's, he, there, there's a noise they hear. He, they hear a scream. Mm-hmm. And, and the sky's disappeared. Mm-hmm. And in place of the sky are, like, all the planets, and they're really up close. Mm-hmm. And so Daredevil, just being the hero that he is, just jumps into this weird sky, and then all of a sudden it goes back to normal. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, the very last page of issue 100, he hears this really loud scream. Yeah, which has kind of been flowing in through the issue, but it's, it's implied that it's like people that have been scared. Like the, because reality has changed, people are screaming as a reaction to it. But in this last panel. Yeah, in the last panel, we get a brief, uh, or we get a brief shot um, of who's the villain that's going to be coming in the, in the, next, in the mm-hmm. next few issues and stuff. And his name is... Um, is it Angar? Angar. Angar. Mm-hmm. Angar the Screamer. Yeah. And uh, he he's he's uh, shirtless Super with Super 70s. Yeah, yeah, he has a vest on, a you know, big medallion. Yeah. He's got a he has a Nazi headband. Yeah, he does, but it's the inverted one. It's yeah. the, it's the Hindu. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I um I I did worry about that, but yeah. He's very much like this kind of he's if you took an images from the 70s and it was like, okay, there's the 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 deadbeat that hasn't made it out of the uh, the free love movement and is refusing to accept that it's all collapsing because of how Vietnam and all of that stuff that's happened mm-hmm. and the biker gang member and the rocker and the hippie kid all of these kind of uh, crazy motifs and he looks like something from um, uh, like a Charles Manson family and he just, they just throw him all together and he just is yeah he's just i mean he's just there screaming he's screaming loudly and he's angry and he's like it's this embodiment of um of the death of of the peace movement mm-hmm. anger the screamer and that's that's how the issue ends is with anger screaming yeah there's a little tagline down at the bottom that says uh, next issue we get a new villain which mm-hmm. obviously is going to be angar mm-hmm. and it also advertises a new artist yeah. and they haven't done that before no they, they haven't you know let you know that hey we have a new artist coming on so that's is actually kind of interesting that they did that because i'm sure colin had to have a fan base and yeah, you know i can imagine so. and, and i think people seeing that would be disappointed yeah um instead of just getting the next issue automatically assuming that it's going to be colon yeah 
Um, and it also advertises there's going to be an old friend showing up. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see who that who that is. Yeah. Um, and, and if you guys remember, I mean, we haven't even touched base on what's going on with Foggy yeah. or Karen because they're just out of the picture. They haven't been even talked about in the last no, they 15 been mentioned issues or 20 issues or so. There's been one brief, I think, one thought where he says, I'm not thinking about um, Black Widow, Daredevil, things like that, very early on. But I think that was before they even moved to San Francisco. Right. Um, there, this is the first appearance of Foggy and Karen in a while on the cover. And it's just as like a, a quick, I mean, they're kind of vaguely in the background amongst all the villains. And it's just like a re it's, it's there as like a yeah, memory. Yeah. Well, slight. we do get the, I think we get the one panel, uh, while Daredevil's thinking about his past when mm-hmm. he's being interviewed. Of, that's right. Of yes. Karen and Foggy. Yeah, so that's they, right. So they do actually make an appearance in this one, but it's nothing new. It's not a real appearance. It's yeah. a, a, a memorable mem- memory appearance. Yeah. Well, that <coughs> that does it. Do you want this? Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm going to have a cough drop. Yeah, I got guys. a cough drop here. Thank you but, very much. Yeah. You might hear the clattering of yeah. a cough drop against my teeth. I'll try not to slurp because that's just disgusting. Um, thank you. But anyway, so that there we go. That's we go. 100 issues that was, covered. Yeah. And this series, Ooh. I mean, these first 100 issues are, you see a shift in comic storytelling styles that... Um, that, that form like the the first few issues are so different from the next twenty issues that are so different from the later twenty issues. You see it really evolve, but the character. I think it helps. That it's just this one single hero character that's that's solid throughout the whole thing, and he doesn't shift that much. The world around him changes a mm-hmm. lot, but his core design and his core um, personality remains the same pretty consistently. And it made it really, yeah. a really nice read. It made it really... A couple things that I was surprised about. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one being that other than the first issue, um, in the first 100, Hell's Kitchen is never mentioned. Yeah, It's mentioned in issue number one um, yeah, very, very, very briefly. Mm-hmm. And that's just so funny to me because everything today, it's always the devil of Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, and they really push it. Yeah, they push it so much in all the newer comic books. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward, and I know when it comes in. I know the point when Hell's Kitchen actually becomes a major player in mm-hmm. his life. I know that, but I it wasn't even there before. Yeah. And to me, that I found that really interesting. Cause yeah, New York's kind of presented this this dreamland. It's more like um, it's Manhattan. It's like yeah, Spider Man. It, it, it's it's the big buildings. It's not the and it's like it's success and mm-hmm. and people are happy <clears throat> and be, and it's not until. Um, the uh, Mr. Klein and the Manball stuff in the 60 issues, 60s, around there, 68, 69 mm-hmm. maybe, um, that they start talking about New York becoming dangerous and about like people being worried about the uh, change in how right. New York is, which is, we're getting close to the 70s at that point. So New York is very fairy tale up until this point. Well, um, I, did you? I came up with a question for you. For I have issue a couple 100. of questions okay, just in great. case, but I do have a question. Would you like me to ask you a question first? Or? Yeah, I've been going first lately, so it's your time, Jamie. Okay. All right, um, here we go. In um, Jan's office, I don't know if it's Jan or Yan, but I think um, Jan's office, there's a poster of a famous singer, famous pop star from the time. Was it John Lennon? It was John Lennon. I remember that, actually. Yeah. I saw that poster because they were, yeah. I got one right. Woohoo! Yay! I remember that. John Lennon. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I got a question for you. Yeah. I got two. Okay. <clears throat> I won't ask you two. Um, the first one, you you touched base on it, but you were wrong with something. So I want to see if, <laughs> well, I just want to see if you can at least guess who they were. So 
uh, he, while he's under that inex- mm-hmm. unexplainable mind warp effect, Daredevil sees a whole bunch of villains from his past. Yeah. And um, it's over, I think it's three panels. Yeah. We, we see the gesture, and he gets his own big one, which yeah, is really does. cool. That's excellent. Um, and then everyone else is kind of mushed into the next panel. Mm-hmm. It's one, two, three, four, five. There are five villains that Gene Colan got to draw on this oh, issue. Oh, wow. Who are the five villains that he drew? Obviously, one of them is the jester, but mm-hmm. who are the five? And now I got confused because I thought it was either Eel, the Eel, or Leapfrog. Uh, negative. Negative on those. Now, really? now be- I was looking at the black and white one, so that might have thrown me. Now, now on the front cover, we have the Owl, okay. we have Beetle, we've got the Mass yeah. Marauder, the Beetle's Gladiator. The Beetle's in there. Uh, um, <clears throat> and Gladiator is in there, right? Okay, so uh, you're right. Are you just clutching at whatever hopeful? I don't think Stiltman's there. Okay, I'm so, going to call him Stiltman. By okay, the way. I'm just going to throw that out there. Stiltman. So um, Stiltman's not there. No. Okay, so okay, so we know the owl. No. So we got four. So we've got we've got uh, the jester. The jester. That's and, the only one I care about. If no, being and you've got Gladiator. You were correct mm-hmm. on Gladiator. Kilgrave. No. Damn. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna give you a hint. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, is it the Birdman and all that? Is it no, those? no. Oh. I'm, I'm gonna give you a hint. We're. I know we're both not very fond of this. Oh, character. the Matador. Yes. So, <laughs> so the Matador. He, for some reason, <laughs> I don't know why, but he's he, a big villain. Yeah, he's he, a big. Time. He included the Matador. He's two appearances. So, so we have Jester, Gladiator, and the Matador. Mm-hmm. And who are the other two villains? Okay. Uh, okay. Hyde. All right, I, I should. And Cobra. I, I should. I should have re. I need to re, you know revisit how I uh, worded this question. One of them is actually a good guy, but he fought as of he you know he thought he was a villain at the beginning, but then he's he's actually a good guy. Stuntmaster? No, it's it's. I'm just going to tell you because you're not going to get. No, it. this is this could take forever. It's uh, Leopard Lord. To Gap. Ah, okay. So he fought him. So he's technically a good guy. Yeah, he is. But so he's the fourth one. And then the fifth one. Make one final guess, then I'll tell you. Okay. Um, I'll give you a hint. It's not really a Daredevil villain. Electra. No. It's Doctor Doom. Oh. Yeah. I'll show you. I have the panel right here, but see, we have oh, yeah. Dr. Oh, wow. Doom. They're very clear. Yeah, Dr. Doom, Gladiator, the Leopard Dude, and then over here, we the got Matador. The, the Matador. Go back one <laughs> one page for me. Now, that was that was what threw me, is that Leapfrog is there. That's what threw me. Oh, I was okay. Still so the, him and I couldn't... Um, okay, so you were correct. No, on, no, I wasn't. I was so wrong. <laughs> I, was, I was clutching at straws. I, I barely got Gladiator, and you told me he was in there. Um, um, okay, you said two questions. Yeah, this la- this next one's really quick. I need, um, I need and, any I, lines I can be. And I just want to be, I, because I can't remember if this is the same truck from the from the origin or not. Um, Ajax. Yes, it was Ajax, what? Uh, chemical Company. It was Ajax Atomic Labs. Oh. Uh, radioactive Materials. Yeah, was, it's was the same on, truck. It's the same truck that okay. blinded him in the first yeah. one. Okay. I got a question for you. Okay, man. yeah. What's up? What year? Did the uh, the accident happen? He mentions it. Um, let's see. Nineteen uh, sixty. I'm gonna say it was nineteen fifty-two. Nineteen fifty-eight. Oh, dang it! But you got 
in the first three digits. Oh, right. very, oh, very good. If I would have got the first two digits wrong, that would have been pretty bad. I'm like, <laughs> uh, 2014? <coughs> yes. Now, um, do, now, do we want to do, uh, we have some viewer questions. We have do some we, viewer do questions. we want to do that first, or do we want to jump into our lists? Let's do some questions okay. while we're on this question. Yeah, and, uh, and I want to say viewers, because people, you know, they, they have up. to look at something while they listen to <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> Actually, well, that's not true. They can yeah. close their eyes, but yeah. but then they're Some looking. Some of them at, might be blind as well. Oh, so. I hope so. That would be great. Yes. Um, all right. Why don't you go? Uh, I've got two written out here. You've got okay. two written out. Why don't I'll you start? Go? I'll start with one, and then okay. you can. Mine, mine are both from Twitter, and they're both from the same uh, listener, reader, uh, watcher, viewer. <laughs> uh, at Go Frank Go. I'm so glad, Frank, that you didn't ask me to pronounce your second name. I always butcher it. Go Frank Go uh, on Twitter asks uh, question number one. In the early days of the comic, whenever he leapt into action or kicked someone in the face with both feet, uh, <laughs> the writers really tried to make Geronimo DD's unofficial battle. Ah, I remember that Geronimo. Geronimo. I'm such a huge fan of the Geronimos. Yeah. Well, one of my all-time favorite movies is Conspiracy Theory ah. with Mel Gibson and uh, Julia Roberts, mm-hmm. and, and Geronimo plays a huge role mm-hmm. in that movie. So, so, so when I saw that, you know, pop up a few times, I automatically go to that movie. So, <laughs> sorry, it was cool. <coughs> Um, but it, obvi- <coughs> <coughs> but Jamie's it, being attacked. I'm attacked. Uh, but it obviously <laughs> didn't stick around long. If you could give past or present DD a battle cry, what would it be? Now, Geronimo, one of my favorite Geronimos is there's one where his arms are up in the air and they're kind of blocking some of the layers of Geronimo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they really tried to make Geronimo a thing. I think Stanley likes, I, I imagine Stanley just shouts Geronimo randomly throughout the day. Um, and, uh, I just picture him now screaming yeah. Geronimo at people. <laughs> um, now, I don't think he's ever had, apart from Geronimo, he tried, they tried to make, um, there was maybe a two or three issue uh, series where he would be kicking people in the face with both feet. And he had, just before he did it, he said, I hope you have a decent dental plan. <laughs> um, but that that's kind of wordy and, and, and not really a battle cry. Um uh, well, I. What about you? Have you got? A- I do have one. Mm-hmm. I have one, and uh, we've mentioned this countless times. How much Daredevil relies on a flagpole? Mm-hmm. It's it's all about flagpoles for Daredevil. Oh yeah, and uh, there have been many times, countless times, where Daredevil using a flagpole does some type of flip and automatically goes into an attack. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's just jumping from. I'm sorry, hit the mic. He's not just jumping from. You know, building to building with flagpoles. He'll, he's actually using flagpoles as a form of, you know, to get momentum to do a yeah. kick. Especially because he loses his bitter <clears throat> club every five or six issues. Right. So. One of my favorite lines from any movie ever is uh, is from Batman Returns when uh, Michael Keaton is Batman is fighting Catwoman Michelle mm-hmm. Pfeiffer, and uh, he he pushes her towards the ground and says, "Eat floor." You know, it's mm-hmm. high fiber. So I thought a good catchphrase that he could scream when he's doing these flagpole kicks are eat flagpole. There you go. And then so he says eat flagpole, swings around and kicks him in the face. So that that I thought that could be a battle cry. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, I came up with, uh, uh, I imagine him swinging, probably on a flagpole as well, shouting, heads up guys, you got the devil to pay. Oh, that, that's um, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I came up with, and that could that could work any time, except for the Frank Miller years where yeah. he doesn't really talk that much at all. He could he could you know toy around with the fact that he's blind and say yeah. something like, uh, "Boy, 
I bet you wish I was blind right about now, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah. And then he could think, and neither did I. And neither did I. Um, yeah, he doesn't want to uh, tell people he's blind. That was a fun question. That was um, a good question. You have, um, we'll yeah, go okay, back to your so, second question in a second. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> this one comes via Facebook uh, from Colby, <clears throat> and uh, he asks... Was Daredevil's mom a nun? Mm-hmm. And if so, was that always the case? Um, I know that in the Born Again series, <coughs> yeah, I which I believe the is the like 227. Two, or, yeah, 227 to 233, I believe. Yeah, uh, Frank Miller introduced, um, I think it was Maggie, Ma- Maggie Murdoch. Mm-hmm. And yes, she was a nun. Yeah. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in, those, in Born Again, they don't actually state that it's Matt's mom, right? It's just understood. Is they, that correct? They infer it several times. Yeah, I think but towards they, the end, that he he learns, he rem, he realizes that mm-hmm. it's her. Because up until that point, um, I don't even know if she's had a name, but his mom has been. The story has been that she's 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 dead, dead. right? And that, um, Jack is a single parent, and it isn't until um, Matt is in in Born Again. Uh, the kingpin strips down Matt to his bare essentials. Like he, he takes everything away from him and tries to break him. And it's at that moment when he's at his lowest ebb that he makes his way to a church for help. Mm-hmm. And Maggie happens to be there and she helps him. And I think at some point in the story, this is, it's been a while since I read it, um, but it implies that that he doesn't know, but she does. That she she thinks, you know, um, he can't know. He, he he mustn't know that I'm his mother. But I don't think she says mother. But they, they keep dropping the hint, right? And then there's a moment in, um, what is it? The Daredevil, uh, Man Without Fear, the mm-hmm. miniseries, um, where at one point um, Matt, young Matt, wakes up, and Jack is looking at a photograph of Maggie, and mm-hmm. he's he he's drunk and he sent he he mumbles maggie a couple of times and how he misses her and matt puts him to bed and so it kind of links it in at that point um but yes she is a nun and it hasn't always been the case yeah and i think um uh it wasn't until frank miller took over that catholicism became a big part of matt's yeah, life they touch upon it a little earlier in like the 130s i, I believe and yeah uh, there's uh when I don't well, know if it's Marv Wolfman or Denny O'Neill, but one of those writers earlier on mentions that he's Catholic right. overtly. They've, they've implied it throughout because um, just through the association of him growing up in the East, uh, I think Hell's Kitchen's in East Man. I don't know. I'm, I'm really bad sure. at the geography of Manhattan. But Hell's Kitchen and that he's Irish and they've kind of touched upon this idea that, you know, it's obvious that he's mm-hmm. Catholic because of those things. And it isn't overtly expressed until issue 130 right. or something. Yeah, it's not even yeah, it's not mentioned at all over the first <clears throat> no. 100 issues that we've read. But I think the fact that making his mom a nun is something that, you know, really reflects how big, you know, being Catholic is in, how, in his lifestyle, yeah. how, how much that has affected every, his, mm-hmm. every, his everyday life. Yeah. Um, obviously, plays a big part of the TV show, the new TV show that's out. Yeah, and very it's, much. And, and, it, and it still is. I mean, in, in comic books and stuff, 
um, which is interesting because you don't really see any um, any comic, not too many comic book characters no. struggle with um, their religion in terms yeah. of the, the actions that they do. Because obviously, a lot of the things that Daredevil do, you know, are, they're frowned upon um, yeah. in, in the Catholic religion. I think so, the, the other main character in the Marvel universe that struggles with it is Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. um, with Catholicism. Uh, specifically um religion generally i mean you can there, there's a great website that i can't remember the name of it i'll, I'll maybe put the, the link in the um the show notes but there's a website that gives you the religion of each superhero and you know the, the most obvious ones are daredevil um the thing mm-hmm. nightcrawler the thing being jewish mm-hmm. um and i think spider-man is jewish as well I don't I'll have know. To look, but, but see, that's the thing. Like, I don't know because it's never brought up. But no. but it, but it plays a huge role in Daredevil's life, and I yeah. think and I think uh, Frank Miller deciding to make uh, Daredevil's mom be a nun, mm-hmm. you know, just makes that world even more complicated. Yeah, Frank Miller is very um, he's he's a great writer <laughs> artist, but he's very uh, heavy handed with mm-hmm. his symbolism, and yeah, it kind of it was if you excuse the pun, it was born of of that. Uh, born again of, yeah. uh, of that of very um, right. very obvious symbolism not obvious in a, in a bad way but it's like he really likes to make a point of drumming home these these touchstones with characters so mm-hmm. alright well great question Jamie <coughs> you got another one I now? do I do okay, uh, from GoFranco and Twitter at GoFranco asks after reading Daredevil comics for the past few years and now having gone back to read the first 100 issues do you prefer the lightest washbuckling DD stories or the darker, more tortured DD runs. Mm, great. What great about DD as a character? Um, for me, this run, I, I was a huge um, Miller <coughs> Daredevil fan. I got into Daredevil. Um, we touched upon this in issue um, issue episode one. I got into Daredevil because I was a big Punisher fan, mm-hmm. and um, and Spider Man, and that um, Punisher had popped up in Spider Man a few times. And it, there was the Child's Play two-part story in Daredevil, which the Punisher um, featured in, which was during Frank Miller's run. Um, I can't remember the... That, you the, said that was the first Daredevil comic book you ever bought, the one with the gun on the cover, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and read from Frank Miller's first appearance onwards, and I became that, he became my favorite character at that point. Um, <clears throat> so I really... I, I In my mind, I've always been invested in him as that character, but I would say that even... Like when Electra was around, even though all this terrible stuff was going, they still presented him as kind of lighthearted, and Electra mm-hmm. would see him as kind of a joke character and say, you, you don't take this seriously, you're not taking any of this seriously. So there was still an element of him being a little bit quippy. You know, there, there's a, a scene where the Hand uh, have been sent to assassinate Foggy, and one of them, there's a guy about to fire a bow and arrow at Foggy, and Daredevil stops him by twanging the bow string and making the arrow fall down before he can fire it. And he makes a couple of jokes while this is happening. So even while this like really kind of borderline, frightening, intense moment is happening, he's still making jokes and he's still being lighthearted. So I've always seen him as being very lighthearted. And um, he gets a he gets a little serious with Anna Senti. And I think it's only when you get to uh, Fall From Grace much later in like the 300s that he really makes that stark shift <coughs> to a much darker character and then they continue it with the, when he goes into the Marvel Knights and he becomes much darker and it all becomes about how the world is terrible and he's carrying all this guilt and angst and anger 
So I would say that even though I've read for years, he's always been that kind of character. Now, I prefer, if I, if I had to list my favorite run, if you'd asked me before I read the first 100, I would have said the Born Again story, and then I would have said the, the, the previous uh, Frank Miller work, and then the Anaceni run. It would have been those three in order. <clears throat> Having read the earlier stuff now, I think my favorite run is from around issue... It's basically when he pretends to be Thor mm-hmm. until the Jester. Like that period of Daredevil for me is so much fun and yes. so perfect. So issues 20 something to 45, <clears throat> maybe 49. Mm-hmm. And I would say that that's my favorite, how he's presented. Really? There. Because he has, you know, he internalizes a lot of the, the concerns and he's thinking a lot about how there's things that he needs to be doing and how he's <clears throat> struggling with a lot of stuff. And, but he, you know, he, it's Daredevil is presented as being his release. It's yeah. like I put on this costume so that I can get away from all of that and it helps me think. It clears my head. I can make jokes. I can like dance around with these villains and it's much more, you know, right. They only, every now and then they'll throw in that like he's tired. That's about yeah. as, as much as it gets. And it's not like I don't think I can do this. It's just like, oh, I'm tired. I haven't slept much. I probably should right. get some sleep at some point. But he's just having, it's his way of, getting through the world that's that's cool that's that that surprises me a little bit jamie i I like that i wonder if you're going to enjoy the frank mill because when was the last time you read like born again it's been years okay so i'm I'm anxious to see when we get into that section Mm -hmm. um if you like it more now if you have a greater appreciation because your history of the character has grown so much Mm -hmm. because you've read all the previous stories or if if your answer is going to stay the same and you you are still going to prefer that earlier bit, yeah. You know, it, it, I'm curious to see that now. For for me, um, I started reading Daredevil a lot later. <clears throat> I, my first, you know, which I mentioned in episode one, um, my first you know dive into the Daredevil world was the Brian Michael Bendis mm-hmm. Alex Maylie run, which was um, volume th- <coughs> three. Yeah. I think it was volume no volume two was when was when um uh joe Quesada and uh yeah and mm-hmm. but i think it's that's st- right it started over again. well i don't think it renumbered i think the the it started around 25 with, yeah uh, oh you're right you're right yeah it, it got renumbered when mark way took over mm-hmm. that's yeah. right um so i started that's that was the first um, daredevil that i that i ever read i mean i'd he had popped up in other comic books that i've read but and it it hit me like I, I became an instant Daredevil fan. Instant. You know, I had mostly read DC comic books growing up mm-hmm. and, and then X-Men. So, like, I read some Avengers and stuff, but um, so I really like Batman. And it had gotten to the point where it was hard for me to find Batman stories that seemed original for me mm-hmm. because it was almost like you're retelling the same thing you know, over again, just with a different, with a different villain. <clears throat> when, so when Daredevil, when I, when I read Daredevil, it was like another Batman story yeah. that's completely different. Yeah. And I liked it so much. The tone, the darkness, um, the way that, I, I don't know, the, the, the dual identities being, it was, it was just, it just really hit me and I, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I had never read, I, I've read so few uh, books from the sixties, mm-hmm. like like the Bronze Age was when was when Batman was was huge for me. Like yeah. 
so much of the Bronze Age stuff. I'd re- I've read plenty of Silver Age Batman, but I've never like I didn't start at issue like one and then keep reading all through. I would read an issue here and, a, and an issue there. Yeah. So I'd never I haven't experienced the Silver Age too much. Mm-hmm. So now after reading these first hundred hundred issues, I respect it so much more, and I really like it. And uh, you know, from from an outsider perspective, you automatically think it's campy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 super cheese ball. It's you know, it just it's ridiculous. It's not relatable. All the, all mm-hmm. this type of stuff, but that is so not the case. No, it really is not. You have a few moments that are silly, but it's great. The yeah. lightheartedness is something that is you know missed you know in mm-hmm. today's comics because everything is so serious yeah. now. Um, but to answer the question, I I still think I prefer the the uh, I don't know how you worded it in the question, but I, I prefer the the more dark um, you know. Those type of issues with Daredevil than the swashbuckling ones, yeah. but I really like them a lot. Yeah, and and I will say it's a close second. It's it's not like the other stuff blows it out of the park, but yeah, I just uh, yeah. So I, I still prefer the stuff that I started out with, but I really really like these. Hmm. And some of these individual issues are definitely in my top one hundred, or sorry, in, in, <coughs> in my, my top one thousand. No, sorry, <laughs> yeah, in my in my top six hundred. No, um, <laughs> in my top ten. Yeah. Like, like if I yeah. if I just sit down and write my my top ten favorite Daredevil issues of yeah. all time, there will be several from the one hundred oh, yeah. that make that list. Yeah. So don't get me wrong, I love what we've been reading and everything, yeah. but I still think I prefer the the newer stuff, which is I'm really excited to dive into that in, in future podcasts. Yeah. My yeah. In, in my top ten issue forty four, forty five, forty six are in my top ten. Those yeah. three are oh, straight in. They're there. they're so good. I love yeah. it. All right, so on to our last question. Yes. Um, uh, this one comes from Gigi, and mm-hmm. uh, she asks. What mistake in the first hundred issues do you think Daredevil regrets making the most? Mm. I think I think there's <coughs> I think there are two there are two things that 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 if you were to ask Matt Murdock Matt Murdock himself, so what do you actually you know regret doing? There are two. I know we're going to agree on one of them, right? This one <laughs> is, is this one of the things? I'm sorry, you guys can't see what I'm doing. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, Mike Murdoch, Mike is, Murdoch is definitely. A it, it's it's got to be up there. Mike yeah. Murdoch, as we even mentioned again today, mm-hmm. and when we were doing that brief little sum up of the first hundred issues or ninety nine issues, it constantly comes back to to just annoy Matt because He's he has to keep thinking. Why did I do? Yeah, this? why did I invent a twin yeah. brother? It keeps biting him in the butt. Yeah. all the time. <laughs> there's a, I think there's only one moment where he kind of he infers that he was happy to have done it, and that's when he's like, "I enjoy pretending to be this guy a little yeah. bit," and then he very quickly thinks this is a pain. There's a great um, issue. I can't remember which one it is, but there's an issue where uh, he gets served papers to appear in court as Daredevil, but he's also defending as Matt Murdock. But he sends Mike in. in this so he place. disguises yeah. himself as Mike <laughs> to go and watch the case even though he's supposed to be defending it and appearing on, on the stand. And the whole time he's there, he's like, how am I going to do any of this yeah. stuff? And yeah, I think Mike Murdoch is definitely up there. I would say the hood is a very, uh, is a mistake that yeah. he regrets, but he learns that very quickly. Uh-huh. There's maybe total seven pages where the hood, because before the yeah. hood, he was bouncing his clothes as a basketball. Yeah. He, yeah. He tied it so tight that it had, it became bouncy. So, I would say I would say Mike Murdoch yeah. is definitely which uh, I I kind of I like the Mike Murdoch stuff yeah. I find it, it funny it, now but. I do too 
Um, another thing that I think he, that if, if he was looking back, something else yeah. he would regret, regret was the way he handled some Karen situations. Definitely, yeah. Um, there were several times where he was given the opportunity to give it all up mm-hmm. or um, or have Karen. Yeah. If he if Matt would stop would have stopped being Daredevil, he could have lived a happy life with a beautiful wife, mm-hmm. and it all would have been you know sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. But he couldn't do it. He couldn't. The, the, the draw was too much. The draw was too much. But I still think if he if he could change a couple of things, maybe he would have tried to figure out a way to not just completely diss her or completely you know push her to the side. Yeah. Find a way to do both that made her happy. He's not. Matt's not okay with making sacrifices. No. He he. Whatever he wants, <coughs> he goes out and he does it. And yeah. he is a little selfish in that sense. So if he could have found a way to make a, a couple of sacrifices, maybe he still could have fought crime, but also been with Karen, who obviously is his first true love. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's very selfish. And he's also, his ego is incredible. Yeah. You know, don't ever make him look like a coward. Otherwise, three issues, he'll be out for the count. That's how you beat him, is you present him as a coward. And yeah. that's taken him out of the picture completely. Um, All right. So good questions. Thank you. Thank great. you. Yes. All right. So this is it, Jamie. We have uh, we're on the final run. We have the death list, and we have our favorites list. So, yeah. Um, what would you like to do first? Uh, let, let's do the uh, the list of our favorites, yeah, our favorites, and our least favorites. Okay. Um, we'll start with our favorites. Because yeah. It's always nice to. Yeah. So, Joshua, what was your favorite issue? Okay, this was so hard for me. <laughs> this was so hard for me. So I have a hundred issues. I didn't. I didn't factor in like I. I did like. Um, <laughs> Um, Reed and Sue's wedding. <coughs> I enjoyed. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed that, but I didn't include that. No, or, we kept or the, it core. Yeah, DD. we kept it the, the core one hundred issues. Um, I've talked about on several cases how issue fifteen is mm-hmm. my favorite because yeah. of um, I just love the mind swap and how creative it was. Yeah. John Romita. Yeah, the the, the artwork. Um, I I really like Ox. You know, I I mean, he's not just your typical big brute, but yeah. the sensitive side and then with the whole reform. And mm-hmm. I really liked issue 15, but I thought about it and I thought about it and I thought about it. And I was like, I, 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 I think there's one I like more and it's probably your favorite issue too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I went with number 44. Mm-hmm. I went with number 44. Um, this is the one where just Jester comes up with the plan to frame daredevil to kill his alter ego. Mm-hmm. So that way he can eliminate any weakness. Um, it was so creatively done. Gosh, yeah. it was so good. The story, the artwork, everything. This was the first time we got the jagged panels. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was so good. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, um, uh, it wasn't Jester's first appearance. It was actually his, 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 he was in that first, he had a two, one or two story before, Issue 42 is his first appearance. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with, uh, the, yeah, then he's not in 43. Mm-hmm. And then now 44, which is where he decides to fake his death. Yeah. Um, so I'm going with that one, issue 44. Yeah. Um, I, I I thought long and hard about this as well. Issue 18, I really like. Oh, I love 18. That, um, that, that was, I think I had that written down. That was my, yeah, see, I said my runners up are 15 and 18. There you go. 18 <laughs> is... Uh, Foggy dressing up as Daredevil to impress Karen and mm-hmm. getting his costume made by uh, who turns out to be the gladiator and arranging him to fight the gladiator and the gladiator deciding that he's going to beat Daredevil because he's sick and tired of all these superheroes. And he gets there. Um, he knocks Foggy aside in a Daredevil costume. Daredevil's watching because he wants to make sure Foggy's okay. And he leaps in 
and fights their gladiator to a standstill. The police come and arrest him and the Daredevil thinks, wow, Foggy Nelson really is Daredevil. Mm-hmm. But it's just great fun. It's oh, the, they're fighting so on the dark side. Um, it, after that issue, I became such a huge uh, John Romita fan. Yeah. I, I like all of it. All, I think he did seven or eight issues. I can't yeah. remember. But oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Ugh, so 18, really like but you were right. My favorite issue is 44, yeah. hands down, 44. The Jester is just awesome. He's such a great character. And yeah. the, the whole reason he does what he does, I think uh, Gene Colan has a lot of fun drawing him. Mm-hmm. He's always front and center. He's drawn as being this kind of like looming, angular, crazy character mm-hmm. that takes up a lot of the panel, but is there just so in himself and so about him his uh, ego is huge i know i said yeah. matt murdoch's ego is mm-hmm. huge but the jester matches it he's like just uh, j- 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 just the fact that like he doesn't even care about the end product he no. cares about the adventure and the journey yeah he's just there to do stuff yeah and, and that's what's so cool and <laughs> the whole plot of 42 of 44 is one of the most cleverly written things <laughs> ever, that i've ever read <laughs> And the best, yeah. and the best part is, is it doesn't end with forty four because you have forty five and forty six, which yeah. are a continuation of the story. So you get a whole three issues, yeah. And it, it and anything less would have not been, uh, it wouldn't do justice to Jester yeah. for sure. And the way Daredevil takes him down is that makes perfect sense. Oh, with to, uh, to pretend, pretend to be, be him, him, so that yeah. he gets so infuriated that yeah. someone's pretending to be him that yeah. he shows his hand. I mean, how clever is it to, you know. Somebody wants to get rid of their their alter ego. They realize, okay, so um, if if somebody finds out that I'm really this failed actor person, mm-hmm. then um, you know th- they could use that against me. They could somehow find out stuff from my past, or you know. So I need to make people, you know, think that the jester is just the jester. So the best way to do that is to kill my 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 real identity. Yeah. So that's clever enough. But the second thing is, you know what? To take down Daredevil, I'm going to frame my my, I'll say arch nemesis. I'm going to fa- uh, frame my arch nemesis to kill me. So that way I can kill two birds with one stone. <coughs> Daredevil goes to prison. I can, you know, get away scots free because I literally, I literally did nothing. Yeah. You know? And uh, the way that he convinces Daredevil to come so that he can frame him is by saying, I know who you are. Yeah. So he gets his interest peaked. So there's all these layers of, of, identity yeah. there yeah yeah 44 hands yeah. down yeah um all right next one is uh let's go with villain villain who you go first on this one who is your favorite villain jamie my second place all right i, I have three but go yeah, ahead three my second place is mr fear i think mr fear is such a great design and foil and uh gene colin draws him perfectly and he was played by three people and he, there's been three of them already in, in a hundred issues hundred. and we know he comes back so there's gonna hopefully <laughs> there's be, a gonna be a fourth um but my favorite is the jester absolutely just everything about him is just hilariously. He's a he's like a combination of the Joker. If you really think about the like the when the Joker goes out and commits crimes, mm-hmm. he's not necessarily doing it to just go get rich. No, or 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 to yeah, or for vengeance. He's doing it for the thrill and the fun mm-hmm. of yeah the scheming, the diabolical scheming, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. The jester's just like that, but but he's also you know he's a lot like the toy man too, yeah. Because he has all these really cool gadgets and all, and, and all these things. He, and the Riddler, he's like yeah. as smart as the that's Riddler. So funny. I was just gonna say that. I was gonna. Yeah, that's just so funny. I was gonna say the Riddler too. 
<coughs> but he's also yeah, an he able fighter, yeah, and he, a yeah. swordsman. Uh-huh. And, uh, he know. doesn't do riddles like the the Riddler, but the way that he he's I don't know. He's always a couple of steps. Ahead, he is a couple kind of steps of ahead. Yeah, and it's it's nice that they present Daredevil as being behind the ball a lot of the time, and they you know they say he's tired and he's chasing after himself, and that the issue forty five where he's basically on the run from the mm-hmm. police the whole time is so smart because he's yeah. just he's trying to get somewhere where he can just get a break and the whole thing is him not being able to get away and but, but then after issue 46 the next time we see jester uh he's gotten um cobra uh-huh. and, and mr hyde and mr hyde to work for him yeah but he doesn't really care that's no, he, the best thing he, yeah you're right he doesn't care but he he but he he has people working for him. Yeah. So he even though he it's all for the thrill, most people, most most bad guys, most villains, most goons, they're interested in the payout. Yeah. Jester doesn't care about the payout. So the fact that he's able to get people who obviously do care about the payout to mm-hmm. work for him says yeah. a lot about his character. Yeah. 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 He's incredibly charismatic <clears throat> and funny and smart. And, yeah. and there's stuff later on where he comes back in the one twenties, I think. Which is just a great story yeah. as well. So yeah, Jester for me. What about you? Your okay, so thing? it's so funny because my number two is also Mister Fear. Uh, I love <laughs> I love Mister Fear mm-hmm. just the way Gene Colan draws him. He's got the cool of all the villains. He's my favorite costume, mm-hmm. hands down. My number three was a Gladiator. Yeah. I like the Gladiator a lot, mm-hmm. and, and and the the best part about it is is that the Gladiator sticks around because a lot of these guys you don't know how long they're gonna they're gonna yeah. last because they'll show up once, maybe they'll show up a second time, kind of like the Ox, but mm-hmm. the Ox get gets killed so these guys can die at any moment and the fact that i know that the gladiator is going to be around for a long time and he's going to reform and mm-hmm. you know but still do bad it, it, super he's my number three yeah number two is mr fear and number one is the jester yeah it's so funny we have the exact same <laughs> order all right um so the next one is um let's go with a uh, guest the appearance. guest appearance yeah, yeah go ahead so I have two down because mm-hmm. I, I when we talked about we were going to list Daredevil's uh, best guest appearance, I didn't know if we were talking about a guest appearance from somebody else oh, in his that's comic. What I took it to me. Th- that's what I did too. But I also listed my favorite guest appearance of Daredevil in a different book. Oh, okay, so so I'll go forward. Uh, I'll go first on this one. So um, so my favorite Daredevil guest appearance in a different book was Fantastic Four 39 and 40. Mm-hmm. This um, I'm a huge Doctor Doom fan. I yeah. love Doctor Doom. So uh, when Doctor, uh, this was when um, the Fantastic Four lose their powers. Yeah. And, and just so happens <laughs> They build that robot suits. They build robot suits <laughs> to have their powers back. But uh, Daredevil, who, um, excuse me, Matt Murdock happens to be the Fantastic Four's lawyer, mm-hmm. um, even though the first time he lost a case back in issue two, but whatever. He slacked off. Or he slacked off and didn't Electro. get... Yeah. Um, it was just it was just awesome seeing Daredevil fight Doctor Doom and actually stand his ground yeah. up on the top of the Baxter Building yeah and, 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 and turn the Billy Club into and, a gun and, and, yeah oh that was a Kirby yeah that was oh, he did a lot of cool stuff with his Billy Club in that issue mm-hmm. it was just neat to see Daredevil um, you know you never really saw him as a team player yeah he's always solo but he realizes that the fantastic four are helpless and he needs to do everything so yeah, he so he steps up he steps up and, and there's and there's a panel in that in the first issue where he dives and knocks each fantastic four out That's of the right, way yeah. of either gunfire or explosions <clears throat> or anything but i think the key moment where we learn a lot about daredevil as, as a as a character is when um they all separate and and he teams up with Reed, or him and Reed go one way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sue and Johnny go another way. Thing goes a different way. Yeah. And uh, you know, Reed is like, I I need to go back to the to my office or wherever to get this gun 
you know, that's what Mr. Fantastic always does. He always has a gun for something. Um, I got to get this gun so I can zap us to give us our powers back. Yeah. And Daredevil's like, that is important. You go, you do that. I will take care of this situation here. And he steps up. And even though Dr. Doom, he's no match for Dr. Doom. No, he's not. He's already been proven that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he's like, okay, this is important. This needs to happen. I'll take care of this so you can handle that. Yeah. I like that. Mm. Um, so then, but my favorite guest appearance was in issues 36 through 38. Doesn't make any, well, it's Dr. Doom. Uh, yes. my, my favorite guest appearance in a Daredevil, in the Daredevil comic book, the one through 100 mm-hmm. was when Dr. Doom showed. Oh, that's right. Cause he shows up at the end of issue 36 in that he one does, panel. Yeah. I love that part. The I sound love, of metallic yeah, footsteps. Yeah. When, uh, at the train, at the subway. Yeah. Um, but when they trade positions, mm-hmm. they do. And we have another body swap. Yeah. And Daredevil's walking around, and Doctor Doom clothes, and uh, and vice versa, He's trying to a, trick oh, the this Fantastic Four. <laughs> this is, suit is heavy. But the cleverness of getting out, getting the um, Doctor Doom's minions to. Uh, think that he's dr doom to let him out of out of uh, dr doom's jail at the castle and all that stuff i just i I really i i I love dr doom he's my favorite villain yeah so having him pop up in those two issues in one panel was super exciting for me so that's Mm -hmm. my favorite nice sorry that was very no i like that go ahead jamie um my i i took it to mean guests in in the the book right which is what i assumed it was but i just had the other one just in case you had that yeah um so second place for me was thor um, mm. Mainly because Daredevil, which one? Daredevil pretends to be Thor um, in a later issue because he wants to attract Hyde and Cobra, Mister Hyde and Cobra. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's in thirty something, if I'm remembering correctly. And he pretends to be oh, Thor. Yeah, yeah. And um, Thor mm. comes down and is like, "What are you doing?" And it's the fact that he just—he's not in it for very long. He just comes down and it's like, mm-hmm. "Okay, so you're pretending to be me. Great." Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love that part. <laughs> you, you can ca- you can go on now. You can yeah. carry on with what you were doing, but it, do not pretend to be me. And, and then he kind of leaves. And it's so great that Thor has, or that Daredevil has a, a Thor, <laughs> a Thor mask that he puts on. <coughs> it, full form. Yeah, it's just so funny because he's a white guy. Yeah, it's like why not just get you know wear a costume? Why do you have to actually put on another put white guy mask? On. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my favorite guest appearance is uh, Namor. Yeah, I'm showing him a seven with my hands. Oh yeah, I, I knew, I knew that was going to be your favorite. Namor, the the fact that he just doesn't have time for any of your surface world nonsense <laughs> is my favorite. He just yeah. he walks in and it's like elevators. Nah, when I'm king, we're going to fix this. I can't wait for this. That stuff. was probably my number two. Yeah, uh, was 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 Namor in issue seven? Yeah, he picks he picks Murdoch and Nelson, uh, or Nelson and Murdoch. Sorry, Foggy. <laughs> now he picks Nelson and Murdoch to represent him in a court case because he realizes that in order to take over the world he probably needs legal representation so he goes up to the surface walks around knocks things out of his way smashes a few things because they're just bothering him and then gets to an office building and says oh that says lawyer i'll go with those guys and chooses to pick them and then daredevil basically fights him to slow him down and he's no match and namor is like well you did all right. Yeah. Good good luck, but I'm yeah. kind of over this. My plans have changed and leaves, but he's he's just perfect. Issue seven. Love it. Uh, should we get into favorite penciler? Penciler, yes. Oh, right. Okay. Now, <clears throat> um, this was tough for me because I love... Oh, really? Yeah, I love John Romita. He's got the classic comic uh-huh. book style, which I love. I love Wally Wood. He uh-huh. has that like real um, oppressive horror, but... 
it was only tough for the second place. Artist. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Gene <laughs> Colan is possibly one of my favorite artists yeah. ever now, having read yeah. these. He is a master. He, he has a complete control of storytelling from mm-hmm. figure drawing to panel layouts to um, just the plotting, mm-hmm. the storytelling. It's all there. I have a total appreciation uh, for him. And it's it's funny because um, my my. I chose Gene Colan as well. You can't not choose Gene Colan. But um, I, when he first came on with issue 20, 20. which was with the owl, mm-hmm. I was so disappointed. <laughs> I was so disappointed because I liked John Romita so much. And mm-hmm. this is no disrespect to Everett or Wood or you know everyone that worked on Daredevil <laughs> before. Yeah, Orlando. Yeah. So we forget. Uh, but I just, like, I really liked uh, John Romita Sr. Mm-hmm. And it... it his style it was, it was perfect at that at that point for Daredevil. He is the Marvel style. I mean, the, the, the how to draw comics the Marvel way is all him, I yeah. think, isn't it? So. so I didn't like Gene Colan. I mean, I liked him. Don't get me wrong. I, I appreciated it, but I just I was disappointed when he took over with issue 20. Yeah. But after maybe four, five, or six, I really started to understand his style. Mm-hmm. And then another five or six after that, he finally kind of came up with his style for Daredevil. And, you know, because not that he was trying to mimic the other uh, other artists at the beginning, but once he, you know, he really moved that camera around. Yeah. You know, because, you know, <clears throat> in the past, all these other issues, it's always straightforward. Yeah. You know, but 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 if you put the eye, you know, where your eye is, is a.k.a. the camera, and you're looking at each of these panels, you are, you're you're never level. Yeah, you're either looking from up above, you're looking from down below, you're looking, yeah. you know, at, at this this different angle. And he's so good at drawing. Yeah, the choices he makes for that stuff. Yeah, is incredible. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's done incredibly well. Yeah, and uh, it's different because you don't really you didn't really see that you no. know in other silver in, in other silver age books. Yeah, it really transitioned. Mm-hmm. I think when and the he close ups too. Oh, the he's close-ups. so good at that. He's so good at close ups. Yeah. yeah, he's he's the character the the, the acting of the characters' faces mm-hmm. is so good at getting mm-hmm. story across. And he's great at postures. Oh, he's figure drawing. Yeah, is yeah. You know, there are so many times when Daredevil's exhausted, and you can tell yeah. that he is exhausted, even if it's not being mentioned, and even if he's in the middle of a fight. Yeah, it, you can really tell he's yeah. great at postures, great at facial expressions, really good at menacing <clears throat> bad guys and creatures and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a while to get used to it, but once I did, I really, really, really enjoyed yeah. it. And uh, it, so he's obviously the, the, the first choice, but John Romita, man. Whew. Yeah. I think there's an interesting thing. When he first started, John Romita had, had moved over to Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and John Romita had gone there thinking there's no way that... Um, um, yeah, because he did Daredevil as a test yeah, he to did. do Spider-Man. Yeah, he kind of came in and, and drew Daredevil. Um, um, Steve Ditko... John Romita was convinced there's no way Steve Ditko would leave a successful book. So he's going to come back. So I'm just covering for him. Mm-hmm. And I think Gene Colan came in probably thinking the same thing for the first couple of issues of Daredevil. I'm right. just covering for John Romita because obviously when Steve Ditko comes back, he's going to come back right. and I'm going to... But he makes it his own completely, very mm-hmm. quickly. And it's just glorious when he mm-hmm. does. Um, sticking with the artist theme, right. who's your favorite Inca? Um, this was also a tough one. I went with Sid Shores. Ah. And um, when he, I noticed on his issues that uh, he was a lot heavier on the inks. <coughs> yeah. And I've talked about this a few times, but um, 
especially with with red, mm-hmm. red and black together, mm-hmm. heavier inks really work well with Daredevil. Yeah, I really think they do. And uh, yeah, it's just his style of inking was was much thicker and heavier, which also works with Gene Colan's um, style of penciling yeah. as well. Um, and and on the monsters and everyone, you know, I, I think I went with I, so I went with Sid Shores. Yeah, excellent choice. I yeah. did as well. I, I mentioned oh, you did. Tom okay. Palmer. Yeah, as an honorable uh, mention. Yeah, I like Tom Palmer. He's Tom Palmer is a master at invisible inking. Like mm-hmm. um, you don't notice until someone else is inking that Tom Palmer was doing such a good job. There's a couple of issues. He he does a really good run, and then later on, a couple of there's like a rotation of inkers. Very early on, there was a, a large rotation of inkers. But when Tom Palmer comes on, he sticks around for a while, and then when he's shipped out, um, Gene Colan's artwork looks incredibly different because of that. Um, but Sitchell's is my favorite, just because. He has this beautiful, washed, dreamy effect that makes you feel like you're really existing with Daredevil. Like you, it, it it feels like you're seeing the story with his radar sense sometimes, mm-hmm. just because it has this heavy and and contrasting, washy feel right. that I really like. So yeah, Sid Shaw's. I know Tom Palmer is a lot of people's favorite. But yeah, Sid, I like Todd. I like Tom Palmer. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so favorite writer. This favorite was writer. easy for me. <coughs> it's it pretty easy. easy for me. I mean, there's only been three, uh, four writers. We yeah. had, um, there was uh, Gary Friedrich came in for one issue. Mm-hmm. So five writers in a hundred issues. Pretty good guy. Um, but Stan Lee. Stan Lee. First yeah. 50 issues. Yeah. He seems like he really enjoys writing Daredevil. Yeah, I I'm, agree. There's a lot of stuff that he's, he writes you know, and this is very, this is very loose. Thank you. Another cough drop. Thank you. He's, <coughs> he's <coughs> a dialogue guy for a lot of the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time though, like it, I liked how th- over the first 50 issues, mm-hmm. we were not bombarded with, or we, we didn't have a ton of dialogue thrown in our yeah. faces. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I felt like the, the choice of dialogue was, was yeah. better. It was just, you know, it was just dated. Yeah, yeah. But it, was it, it worked so well. Mm-hmm. Everything works really well. Stanley seems like he's having fun. He's writing twenty books, writing in quotations, yeah. you know, because of how the Marvel style went. But it seems like the Daredevil stuff from all the Silver Age books I've read, the Daredevil stuff seems like the one that he's having the most fun with. And he writes a couple of stories that are really well done. The Willie Lincoln story is really well mm-hmm. done. The Jester stuff is really well done. Um, second place for me was Jerry Conway. It took mm-hmm. me a while to warm to him. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest Roy Thomas fan. I'll be honest. I find him, I find him to be Stanley Light. And when I first started reading the Jerry Conway stuff, I found him to be Roy Thomas Light. But when I went back and reread it, I actually enjoyed it more. And he does a lot more with. You, you've said in the past that he's very wordy, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I like how. Um, I think Roy Thomas was bad at. at differentiating between what you're seeing and what you're reading mm-hmm. he often described the stuff that you're looking at in the art See, whereas uh, Conway I felt did a lot more with like time and mm-hmm. explaining like one second this is what happens in this moment or I feel like Conway would be a really good at writing a novel mm-hmm. because uh, when, when he, he does so much description and um, in a comic book you don't have to tell people what they're looking at yeah because they're already looking at it. Yeah. Whereas in a novel, you know, yeah, you have to build the world. You have to build the world. But since the world is already drawn for you right there, 
Um, I'm not saying Conway told you what you were looking at, but he had he would talk about what the characters are feeling yeah. while they're doing what they're doing, whereas you should be able to kind of tell what Daredevil's feeling based off of the way that he's drawn yeah. and the dialogue that he's speaking. Especially with Cohen drawing him. It, exactly, yeah. So so for that, it was a little bit, a little too much dialogue for me yeah. because you literally have three things going on at the same time, you know, which I, I've said this before, but you have what they're saying, you have um, the action that's happening, and then you also have the, how they're feeling about the action that's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a little bit too much for me. Although Con... Excuse me. He also did draw some really, or sorry, he did write some very creative stories. Yeah, he did. So the creativity was there. Uh, you know, I like that aspect of it, but it, mm-hmm. was, it was just a little bit too too wordy for me, a little yeah. too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But Stan, Stan, yeah, Stan yeah, Stanley was the vote. Okay, so next is cover, and I'll, I'll go first on this one, please. Um, man, this was hard. Mm. I narrowed it down to two, mm-hmm. and it was hard for me to pick a cover that had dialogue on it mm-hmm. because I'm okay with words. Yeah. I'm uh, sorry. I'm okay with like a, you know, like a, like a sound or a, yeah. what do you call it? I don't know, like a title, mm-hmm. but when there's actual dialogue, um, you know, spoken bubbles, mm-hmm. dialogue bubbles on the covers, it was hard for me to pick any of those because for me, at least it really takes my, me out of the art because mm-hmm. I feel like a cover should be an image and that and that image just completely sums up what's going to happen in that issue yeah for everything for the feeling the style the story everything that's what a cover is supposed to do i feel like when you have the character speaking on the cover you need more or you're trying to tell more and and Mm. it just i'm not a big fan of that so I actually did not pick any that had um, mm-hmm. any dialogue, which was tough because there were some good ones. Yeah, there there really were some good ones, but it, it took me out a little bit because I mm-hmm. think I think a, a cover needs to be classic. So I have two. Um, in second place, I chose number eight mm-hmm. uh, by Wally Wood, um, which I assume he did it because back then the artist did the covers. Yeah. Okay, uh, I think it was Wally Wood. Um, it's just it's a classic Stiltman one. It's oh, yeah. it's mm-hmm. where it's the first time Stiltman is on a cover, mm-hmm. and uh, the shots coming from down below, and uh, Daredevil is swinging around, and uh, Stiltman looks very menacing and and very um, uh, yeah I don't know I don't know how to word it but it, it's 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 very clean. Yeah. There's not a lot of background. It's very simple, mm-hmm. but it tells a lot of like whoa. You, you, you when you see this cover, you're like. Oh my goodness! Who is Daredevil fighting? Yeah, like this is a this is a big uh, this is a big scary dude. Yeah, it has the newspaper coming down? Yeah, as well, yeah. So. And I was, was going to say that. Yeah, I love the the newspaper. Mm-hmm. That kind of it's very classic and clean, and I like that. So that's my number two. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, and it is Wally Wood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then my number one was I went with number twenty three, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is Gene Colan. It's the uh, it's the Gladiator. I love the Gladiator on mm-hmm. covers. <laughs> They've done him so well. The John Romita one on issue eighteen is great. Oh, yeah, he's leaping towards. It just lo- it just, ducking out. Yeah, I like it so much because the Gladiator looks like he's jumping off the page. Yeah, 
Yeah, and this his is hand is coming right out. Yeah, and that's actually a scene that takes place mm-hmm. in the comic book. Yeah, with the lion. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a goofy little part. It's not necessarily something that I, I like a lot, but um, I thought that it was interesting that they actually took a whole scene out of the comic book. Yeah, because most of the time it has, it, you know, it's not an actual scene. Yeah, it's just you know, the characters that are in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really like that one because I just love the way the gladiator looks coming straight at you. Yeah. It's neat. It's the diving off really the cool. page. There's like a fist and then there's one hand that's kind of reaching as well. So mm-hmm. it's great. Um, I had a couple. I had four actually, but I narrowed it down. I was getting greedy. Yeah. Um, the, one of them was the still man that's in my, the four where he's dropping Daredevil. That's yeah. That's a, a later one. I think four E eight maybe um my second favorite is 91 mm-hmm. mr fear fighting daredevil I on the lo- rooftop. Th- that is a good one it's a little wordy uh, and you also have the, the the image is shrunken down on the covers during this period there's like a, a box that's mm-hmm. around i know that that was why i couldn't choose one because yeah. they're just so small it's so small but it's it's a great image and yeah. it's a uh, gil kane i think mm-hmm. uh, drew that one but my number one choice is and this comes up a lot but Issue 44, <laughs> the cover of issue 44 where you have Daredevil is swinging through police spotlights uh-huh. and looking kind of terrified and the buildings behind kind of blend in to become the jester and the jester looms over him. Yeah. His face becomes part of the city and it's a Gene Colan cover and it's just excellent. Yeah. It's just amazing. There's so much good. building detail and the, the fact that the jester is kind of is the city at that point. You know, I do want to give a shout out to Gil Kane though. He did a lot of great covers Mm -hmm. and there were, there were, uh, it was hard for me not to choose any from them because I I, I like those, those, the the eighties and the great run, the the eighties and the nineties and stuff. But it was just, uh, I said there were two wording. It was too small. Yeah. There's not enough on the page. I want one big image. Yeah. I mean, for the, for a huge chunk, you have the interior artist doing the cover Mm -hmm. and then Gene Colan does it. And then uh, Mary Severin, takes over as a cover artist for a, a, a chunk of maybe 15, 20 issues. And then Gil Kane comes in, and except for a couple of John Romita, he does the entire run through to issue 100, which I think might be John Romita again. I can't remember. But um, but yeah, he he really like makes the covers his thing. For, and he, he's using it as a storytelling thing. So it does get very wordy, but mm-hmm. he is... He's a great artist. Mary Severin does some great ones too. Mm-hmm. She has some real good energy and layouts in them. But yeah, that 44 Gene Colan, perfect cover. Just <laughs> such a great cover. The only downside about that one was the logo. Yeah, they changed the logo. Didn't For they? three issues, three or four issues. Yeah. And it was just dare and then devil underneath it. Mm-hmm. it that, that was my problem with that one was the logo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I like it though. It's great. Mm-hmm. Favorite splash page. Oh boy, this is almost impossible, Jamie. Th- yeah. th- this is impossible because they become really big <sighs> later yeah. on. Very early on, it's very it's typical Silver Age where it's very boxy mm-hmm. and lots of panels on the page, lots of storytelling going on. Bam, 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 bam. You have the occasional pinup, but you don't really have splash pages. But then once Gene comes in, things change, and he's really. You know, yeah. he's really loose with these panels, and a lot of them eventually become just splash pages. All right, well, why don't you go first on this one, Jamie? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I don't want to steal your thunder. I, I have two. I you don't do. think they're going to be the same. Okay. Maybe they and are the same. Second place is uh, issue 17. Um, it's the the first image, the splash page, the uh, 
and it's Spider-Man holding Foggy out the window <laughs> because he's convinced that Foggy is Daredevil. Karen's behind kind of screaming and Daredevil's staying, um, Matt's staying well back, but his shadow is Daredevil. And he's standing back going, I can't do anything because I can't reveal my secret. <laughs> I, I really like that one. That one just makes me chuckle when I see it. The fact that Spider-Man just smashes a window to come in. There's, um, I think in the last, in the, the most recent issue of Daredevil, there's a moment um, where they smash through a window and Foggy says something like, do you have any idea how much it costs to replace these windows, guys, or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> um, but my favorite splash page is from issue 55, and it's Mr. Fear. Yes. I have, I, I, while he was saying his favorite, I was already pulling it up. Yeah. This is my second favorite. Yeah, and, and the I, fact that he's, he's, he's basically standing, he's been following Daredevil, who's exhausted and on the run and just like confused where all these attacks are coming from, where the fear is coming from. And Mr. Fear, the, the previous page shows that it started to rain and there's a puddle and the ripples of the rain go through and you get this warped image of Mr. Fear in it. Mm-hmm. And then the next page is just a single image, Mr. Fear standing with the rain coming down. He, he looks so menacing. Yeah. And if you were to tell an artist, draw a character and mm-hmm. make him look as menacing as you can, as evil as you can and put him in a purple suit yeah. <laughs> because you know you're like purple but oh by the way he's purple he's purple <laughs> but oh my gosh and this is why i like mr fear's costume mm-hmm. it's it's my my favorite villain costume is definitely mr fear yeah and uh yeah man it's so good I'm, i have it up right here on the phone i'm showing it to yeah. jamie and like you said the rain coming in sideways and uh he has he has his hands up in the air. Yeah, the he's so big. We talk about how big he is in this yeah. picture because he he literally goes from the bottom of the page to the top. Yeah. You know, most splashes inc- incorporate a lot of scenery, yeah. and then the 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 main character or, or you know the superhero that's in the page is may, maybe takes up half. Like you know, take a, a a quarter on top and a quarter on bottom that he's not yeah. taking up or whatever or she. But Mister Fierce like takes the up the whole, whole page. page. I yeah. love this one. Uh huh. So that's your second place. So what's yeah? Uh, when you uh, sorry, I'm just, I'm looking I'm looking at the splash. It's Mister Mister Fear's got it's got a whole bunch of thought bubbles and it just mm-hmm. ends with uh, him saying, uh, "When you beg me to kill you." Mm-hmm. Oh, oh so, God, good. so good. <laughs> um, so my favorite. Um, it was so close because Mister Fear. I, that one might actually be my favorite, but I thought I should pick one that had Daredevil actually in it. <laughs> um, and I went with page 18 mm-hmm. in issue number 48, mm-hmm. which is with Stiltman. Mm-hmm. Love the way Gene Colan drew Stiltman. And I call it the Stilt Kick. And uh, I'm showing it to Jamie right now. Oh, yeah. And uh, so at, at this point in the comic book, um, uh, Stiltman, who was hired to... Um, I believe he was hired to to kill Foggy Nelson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Matt finds out that uh, Stiltman's coming after him and tries to get him out of and tries to get Foggy out of his office so yeah. that way uh, Stiltman won't you know won't show up. Uh, and I can't remember how he got the one up on Daredevil. I'm not sure, but he ends up sneaking up on Daredevil. Stiltman does, and then yeah, they, he doesn't really get the one up, but he just has this new thing where he kicks his leg through the window, and Daredevil grabs it, and then he retracts it really okay. quickly. And Daredevil finds himself falling in shock. He isn't quite right as prepared as he thought he was. So, so the fight goes on for a couple pages, and mm-hmm. then it, it. 
I don't know if this ended it. I think it. this was the turning point because after this kick from Daredevil is when he shrinks down and escapes, right, as the cops show up or yeah, whatever. Yeah, taken but away by the Mars Marauder, thrown into the trunk of a y- car. And- you've got on this page, what I, it's by Gene Colan, by the way, I think I said that. You have on this page probably the hardest kick Mm-hmm. Ever kicked by anybody yeah. of all kick history? <laughs> you do. You eat have flagpole. <laughs> yeah, this is the eat flagpole kick. I'm sure his uh, his Billy Club cable. It's you can't see where it's it's swinging from, but I'm sure it's attached to a flagpole. Um, but you have and it, uh, you have Daredevil coming in from the side of the page, and imagine him doing his his very famous two leg kick mm-hmm. and kicking Stiltmaster right in the face. We're talking a direct headshot mm-hmm. and uh and just look at the posture of stilt man stilt man is just, just being knocked backwards, backwards into a building and yeah crashing through you got a sound a big sound effect and you have what gene colin uh gene colin excuse me what he really really did a great job of especially in those middle issues mm-hmm. you know kind of the run that you really like jamie was doing those motion lines yeah and the impact and the impact because uh he doesn't show stilt man's face it's just the impact going across his face. Yeah. And it's like a blast of, of energy and stuff. So, mm-hmm. so everyone, what you guys need to do, as soon as we're done with this uh, podcast, you need to go find these images. Mm-hmm. And maybe we should post them on the... We'll uh, put them in the... Yeah, yeah in we'll the post on, on the show notes. Because they are so good. Yeah. So good. We'll do, our, our, we'll do the covers and the splash pages in the show notes. Cool. Um, uh, we have one more favorite, and then we have a couple of least favorites. Yes. Uh, the the last favorite that we're going to discuss is our favorite Daredevil fight. Yeah, go ahead. What was... uh, mine, I, I can't believe I, I the Stilt Man is just you know he's taking over the show uh, this week. <laughs> but um, this is Daredevil and Stilt Man in issue sixty seven. Mm-hmm. This is when they fight in Los Angeles. Yeah, da- uh, Stilt Man the set of the movie. Yeah, it's on the movie set, and uh, Stilt Man knocks out Stuntmaster and gets on his motorcycle and. Uh, and pretends to be stunt ma- master, and Daredevil has reluctantly agreed to be. It wasn't even reluctantly; he actually kind of wanted to do it. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil he was kind of working as a PA, <laughs> right? Yeah, Daredevil agreed that he was going to uh, be in this movie. He was going to uh, do a stump. Yeah, uh, this was because this was Karen Page's first or second movie, yeah. and uh, he wanted to impress her and, and everything. So Daredevil's in this movie. So, uh, Stillman knocked out Stuntmaster, who's the other. Pr- the co-star mm-hmm. he's a reformed bad guy yeah and he takes stuntman's um, motorcycle and does this stunt and he's supposed to like you know not get as close as he does to daredevil who's off swinging in the distance but if daredevil didn't have his radar sense it would have killed him yeah uh so automatically like daredevil knows something's going on and talk about another quick change uh stilt man who had taken his stilt man hydraulic costume and attach it to the motorcycle does a quick change and then on they the ha- water. yeah on the water and then they have this awesome fight in los angeles near the near in and above the water yeah and my favorite part about it was i don't know if you remember this or not jamie but the entire fight had zero dialogue that's right yeah. if you look at all fights in especially you know in issues one th- uh, excuse me from one through 100 all the fighting, you have the banter. You have Daredevil talking. Yeah. You have you know other bystanders looking and saying stuff. But this was literally several pages of no dialogue yeah. and just straight action. And Gene Colan drew it, and it was amazing. Yeah. So that's that's my favorite fight. 
Nice. Good yeah. choice. I remember mm-hmm. that. I love when he stamps down on the boat. He's like, you've got to get out of the way. I'm coming. Yeah. And they're like, we can't move. And he's like, okay, I warned you. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I had a couple, but, um, you know, I like the, I like the, the Doom fight where Doom is just like mm. silence, stop talking. But <clears throat> my favorite, and this might surprise you, is from issue 36. It's okay. Daredevil against the Trapster. Traps oh, is okay. kind of a joke character um, in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone likes to mention that his name was Pacepot Pete. And, but <laughs> this fight is basically what happened is that he's planning to kill Daredevil. He sticks <coughs> these flying discs to Daredevil, tries to send him up into space to kill him and get rid of the body at the same time. <coughs> and then he's going to pretend to be Daredevil and fight the Fantastic Four because he's sick and tired of the Fantastic Four. Doesn't go to plan daredevil comes back they fight on his disc flying disc uh-huh. those things are so dangerous i know there's so many flying <laughs> discs in the marvel universe there are. and they have this fight which uh, from that moment on there's this kind of desperation that kicks in from the traps the way he's like one i've got to get away two i'm not going to get beat again this is ridiculous i always get beat i can't let this happen and he just becomes really desperate and daredevil and him fight through the sea they're like going from Central Park through a department store out on the street. There's a chase. They're fighting the whole way. And he's really holding his own, the trapster. Mm-hmm. He's fighting like a wild animal. And it ends with him almost getting to the subway. And Daredevil jumps. And they fall down the subway stairs. And he manages to knock the trapster over. But he throws out his back when he's doing it. He injures his back and has to roll underneath the, the subway platform to get out of the way of a train. So the traps is arrested, but Daredevil's completely taken out. And mm-hmm. it was just the fact that how desperate the traps was and how real the fight felt, how it mm-hmm. felt like someone who was like, no, not again. This isn't going to happen again. Yeah. And Daredevil is constantly being caught off guard by how aggressive the traps there is in that fight. So I really enjoyed that. That's cool. Yeah. <coughs> least favorites. All right. So least favorites. Yeah, we, got, we don't like to be too negative no, on the show. We've so only got quick. four. Yeah, yeah, we've only got four of our least favorites. And, and I'm uh, pretty we'll, sure we'll quick. Yeah. the villain, which yeah. is the first one up, was going to be the same. Let's say it at the yeah. same time. Ready? Three, two, one. The Matador. Matador. <laughs> <laughs> He's awful. Yeah. He does one cool thing where he does like a... a a handstand leap using his sword to balance. Mm-hmm. I'll never was, forget his, when, his when genius we, move. Yeah, but I'll never forget the first time that we see him is when he's using the, uh, what's it called? Like a, the, uh, the Matador's cape. Yeah, he's using the cape um, like you would with a bowl, but he's using it with a semi truck. Yeah. <laughs> and then he moves it out of the way and the truck's like, oh no. <coughs> oh no, there's something behind it. Yeah, and then it drives. Now, off the he, road. he does, uh, he's casual robbery. When he's just leaning against the wall and mm-hmm. opening up a safe whilst there's a costume party going on around him was a pretty cool move. But he's just, uh, he's so arrogant. Yeah. Just a nasty character. And Daredevil takes care of him. There's a great moment much later on, which we'll get to, which I think you're going to enjoy with the Matador. He comes back and it's it's fun. It's fun yeah. because you don't quite know it's him at first. Right. And then when you do, it's just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Well, at um, least through the first 100, he, he's our least favorite. Yeah, he's our least favorite. I think he makes three appearances in the first 100 yeah. issues, and including the annual. And it's yeah. none of them are good. He's no. taken out very quickly. There's a, a moment where Daredevil is like, oh, I almost forgot about you and just knocks him out or something in, in the annual, I think it is. <clears throat> um, I, I also, oh, sorry. <coughs> no, go ahead. I also um, was not a very big fan of the Dark Messiah. 
Which yeah, is, I remember you saying. Which I think we covered. La- that was either last last episode. Last, last episode. I, I didn't like how weak he was. Or yeah. sorry, no, he was very powerful. I didn't like how simple he was, and how they didn't like Daredevil just said his his what his name really was and convinced bl- him to he, stop. Yeah, and then he just you know blew yeah. up. And the aliens in issue twenty eight. Yeah, the were, aliens were weak. And then Crime Wave. Crime Wave, I real like once they started talking, they had a huge setup for Crime Wave. That was a thing that yeah. uh, what's his name, uh, the blind um, uh, Willie Lincoln, yeah, yeah Willie Lincoln <laughs> and Foggy. Like you know, there was all the detective work happening to find Crime Wave, and then yeah. once we get to Crime Wave, <coughs> it's like a one issue thing, and he's weak and he's done, and it's like it was such a letdown. Yeah, I did like how cheap he was. Yeah, <laughs> like he was hiring these incredible villains. Oh yeah, <coughs> for really on the low. Cheap. Yeah, like Stuntmaster. I think he gave him a thousand dollars to kill someone. And yeah, like, damn. I know it was the seventies. Yeah, so that on. that was a major letdown because yeah. uh, it was it was that was the first time I believe with crime. Well, not maybe not the first time, but one of the first times that we had the potential for an arch nemesis. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. It was Foggy's uh, arch nemesis. That was the problem. It was Foggy's. Yeah. He just um, became DA, right? He was, yeah. or he was trying to become. Foggy DA. was the DA, and his the uh, crime wave was Matt Hollis. I think his name his, was. It was his assistant. It was his assistant. Yeah, it was just, and it comes back to bite him with Mister Klein, where he yeah. had some dirt on him because of Hollis sneaking through. I think his name was Matt Hollis. I'll have mm-hmm. to check. Um, so, but yeah, Matador hands down was yeah. the worst. Okay, so our least favorite guest appearance. Yeah, mine was. Um, can't remember the issue number because I didn't write it down, but it was the one where Spider-Man and Namor show up in Daredevil's mm-hmm. book. And the reason I didn't like it was because um, it was like Marvel wanted you to buy Daredevil. Yeah. So they put a a Spider-Man slash Namor story yep. into a Daredevil book just so you could you know, to try to sell it, but it had absolutely nothing to do with yeah. what was going on with Daredevil at that time. It was 77. 77, I yeah. yeah. I just, yeah. It, Nothing it, really happened. It was a little well. confusing. That was the one where that teardrop opens the up. The teardrop exploded. It exploded. <laughs> and then and then uh, um, Spider-Man and Namor go inside and, and Daredevil's like, all right, see ya. Yeah. And then the issue ends. Yeah. So, that, so that was my least favorite. Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I like Namor. I like Spider-Man, but I just... Didn't, yeah. like, didn't like them at that moment. No, it, it very much felt at this stage that it was like the writers would just guess whichever other characters they were writing in other books into the whatever books they were writing so that they could get people to buy them. Um, my least favorite appearance was Captain America in issue 43. It mm-hmm. felt really... He's fighting him at a USO, I think it is, a fundraiser. Yeah. Um, and it's just an excuse for Marvel to get other characters into yeah. a book, yeah. And it, it, it there felt like there was like a like a, a kind of nugget of an idea in there. Mm-hmm. A story about Daredevil going a little crazy, something was poisoning his mind and his bloodstream. Yeah, a doctor's bag that had radioactive stuff yeah. got stolen and so he got, he really got close to it. It triggered his his sense something went crazy. in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the end of it, it basically ends with Captain America going, well, he must have had a good reason, so I'll let him go. Yeah. <laughs> and it just it just felt really... Yeah. Least favorite cover? Um, you go first on this one. Okay. Um, I've got the, I've got two of them. Okay. And they, they span quite a, a, a big uh, gap. My uh, 97 is my second place, the Dark Messiah one. Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't like that. No. Um, Anything with the Dark Messiah gives me a bad taste in my mouth. But my least favorite cover, and this might surprise you, is issue one. And the, the main really? reason is is that 
they have Spider-Man on there to try and sell it. Or they, it, yeah. they, they'd mentioned Spider-Man. They're mm-hmm. like, you know, don't miss out. Don't don't miss out like you did on Spider Man. No, it was like if if wasn't if if you like Spider Man, you're gonna like this book too. Or something. And there's like three or four panels that are showing different things. And I just I just love the yellow costume. I love the design. And I wish it had just been that. Yeah, that was striking. That's great. I think that might be my least favorite. Now that you said that, Hmm. I didn't even think about including number one. Hmm. Huh. Um, Well, I listed number fifty two as my least favorite. Mm -hmm. That's the Night of the Panther. Oh yeah, it's a very plain one. And uh, it doesn't make sense. You have Daredevil and Black Panther. It's like they're running down a building. Yeah. And you've got a couple of people that are just kind of randomly placed, mm-hmm. r- like scared, running across the building too. It just doesn't. Re- it doesn't really make sense. It's kind of. It's very plain. Yeah. Kind of boring. And um, the fact that you've got Black Panther as a guest star in the book, you could have. You know. You could have oh, yeah, played it off. It. And, you yeah. see what I mean? Yeah, you, you could have made it more dynamic, a little more exciting. Yeah, it's Barry Windsor Smith, but he looks like he's doing... Um, Doesn't it look like they're running... Jim Steranko doing... Yeah. It looks like they're running down the side of a building. And, and, and who building. are those other people? I have no idea. I mean, one of them is Star Saxon by the looks of it, and then another one might be Karen, and I can't tell. I don't know, but it's just they're all blue, so the coloring is yeah. off on it too. And uh, Yeah, and Daredevil's yeah. face is kind of buried. Yeah. it can't, It looks like... It looks like it's his back and his front and his side at the same time. Daredevil on this cover, somehow, like his shoulders covering his mouth, so it looks like it's yeah. his back. But he's twisted. He, the front of his legs are facing forward, and then his shoulder is so far back. It's kind of like the. It's almost like the inverse of the the female, where they show the butt and the breasts in the same image. It's like oh, the complete reverse right, right. of that, where you have his. What are those muscles called? Trapezoids in the back? Yeah. The traps. trapezoids, his traps are showing and his groin is showing somehow. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's very weird. And, yeah. you know, Barry Windsor Smith is a great artist. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Wrong, but that is, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's a, there's a lot going on and none of it seems to really be needed. <clears throat> All right. Um, so our least favorite, uh, our Daredevil last moment. Daredevil moment. Yeah. Um, I'll go first for this one. Go for it. So my, and, there were a lot of bad Daredevil moments in 100 issues. Mm-hmm. So this was also difficult for me to find. But ultimately, I went with issue number 33. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when Daredevil's trying to take down the Beetle. Mm, yeah. You all remember in the Beetle. Canada. Yeah, but the reason I didn't like it was because it was very out of character. Daredevil cares so much about his secret identity, right? Yeah. And, and the main reason why, and this is common for all superheroes that have a secret identity, is they don't want the people that they love and care about to be put in danger. Yeah. So Darede- Daredevil finds out that uh, the Beatles going to be going to this expo. And he cares, mo- Daredevil cares more about keeping his secret identity than the safety of Foggy and Karen. Yeah. So, um, he purposely puts Foggy and Karen in danger by mm-hmm. inviting them on the train that he knows Beetle is going to take over. Yeah. In ambush. Yeah. So rather than just be like, hey, because he goes, I'm going to go out of town for a while. I'm going, you know, well, where are you going to go? Well, I'm going to go to the expo and trying to make sure, because when they find out that Daredevil is going to be there so they don't put two and two together, he's like, 
why don't you guys come along too? You know, mm-hmm. it's a nice train ride. We can ride, take the train yeah. up there. And then they come and then the Beatles shows up and, you know, their lives are put in danger. So yeah. it didn't make sense to me. And it, it, it feels like it completely goes against everything that he stands for. Yeah. And he the has whole, to pretend that it's Mike Murdoch as well because they know they, they it, it, Exactly. Mike, so, yeah, there's so many unnecessary but, elements. In it. Yeah, I just don't like him purposely putting people in danger yeah. over the safety of his secret identity, which is there to keep the people that he loves safe. Yeah. So that, that to me was just kind of poorly done. So yeah. that's my, my least favorite Daredevil hmm. moment. My least favorite Daredevil moment are Mike Murdoch's costumes, his outfits, his wardrobe. Oh, okay. <laughs> like the fact that he just tussles his hair and then puts on a terrible bow tie neckerchief thing and, and juggles and weird glasses. <laughs> yeah. um, it just, you know, he's such a stylish man. I guess there is, a, it makes sense if you want to differentiate between the two to go out and dress like, yeah. like a clown. It's like, it's like Superman. When he's Clark Kent, his hair's all nice and yeah. neat except for the Lois and Clark uh, Dean Cain show. But other than that, though, because that one was in reverse, when ever Superman is Superman, it's all clean and mm-hmm. gelled and nice. And then when he's Clark, or sorry, when he's Clark Kent, and then when he's Superman, they bring the curl down yeah. and they make it a little bit messy. Yeah. So this is yeah. the same kind of deal. I get it. Yeah. He's pulling his inner Superman. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't, want, I didn't want to rag on too much because there's some great stuff. But I think that, that and the plastoid, oh, the yeah. giant robot that just... Yeah, can sniff out his opponents from a photograph. Yeah, he he made my list as a finalist for least favorite villain. Yeah, the plastoid, it's you insert a photograph and then he can smell you. Mm-hmm. That's I didn't know if that counted because he wasn't technically the villain. He was just no, a robot a, that was built by he was an agent of the villain. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I also uh, you know we had talked about this and and I just wanted to Jamie who like what artist that's alive today. Mm-hmm. Would you like to see draw Daredevil that's never drawn Daredevil before? Ooh. Hmm. And 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 is there a writer out there that you would love to see writer? Obviously, let's just use people that are well established. Okay. Um. And they've never done it before. Yeah. Okay. I don't think Paul Pope has ever drawn. Okay. I'd like to see him. Um. And for writing. Um, the back end has been written by so many people like uh, J.M. Demetrius is, is mm. favorite writer of mine but he did write Daredevil for a short while oh he did okay yeah um, um, oh I know uh, Michael Fife um, okay yeah I think it's I'm always really I, I never know if it's pronounced M- Michelle or Michael but Michael Fife the guy who does uh, Copra mm-hmm. um, he, he I love Copra it's an independent comic book that he puts out and I'd love to see him do. I think he did a Daredevil story. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that. Oh, have I just? Well, that's, that's okay. Yeah, him and him and Paul Pope would be yeah. would be a pretty good. Uh, I um, for me, I would really like to see Francis Manipal mm-hmm. do Daredevil. Yeah, and uh, he his style of art. Um, he got really popular like six six or seven years ago when he was doing the Flash. Yeah, uh, when the DC New Fifty Two hit. And uh, the way that if you're reading a page that he's drawn, the your eyes, he just, you, the eye flow, like the way mm-hmm. that your eyes go up and down and across the page, yeah. it's, he, do, he does it so well, like his panel layout and stuff yeah. that your eyes just flow. You know, it's not hard at all. It's not a, like a jagged look. It's like a flow. Mm-hmm. And he, he's really good with watercolors and stuff. So I thought right. that would be an interesting take um, on Daredevil because it'd be a little bit different. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'd love to see Francis Manipal do it. And then the writer that uh, I'd like to see, it's, it's, it's another DC writer, so I know for a fact that he hasn't uh, written Daredevil. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Is Scott Snyder. Mm. Because Scott Snyder, uh, his recent stuff on Batman has yeah. been so good yeah. that I'd love to see him take on Daredevil. Mm. I, I like- think that'd be so <laughs> awesome. <coughs> yeah, it'd be good. I'd like to see Tom King as well. Mm-hmm. He's been yeah. doing some great stuff with Mr. Miracle. He has, yeah. I'm trying to think of DC so that we don't yeah. muddy the water because <laughs> Marvel was so... Yeah. Um, uh, I have a, a random question for you. If sure. there's something you could change in um, in Daredevil, if you could retcon one thing, it can be in these first hundred or beyond, whatever, what, what, what would be a change that you would do? If they suddenly, Marvel phones up and they say, hey... Joshua, you're going to write a mini series. It, it could be a what if, it could be whatever. Mm-hmm. But change one aspect of Daredevil. What would you change? Well, that is a great question. Um, I would have Daredevil confide in Foggy Nelson earlier, his secret identity. Mm-hmm. Because the fact that he tries to keep it secret has really created some turmoil yeah between them so if he would have told foggy in college mm-hmm. or well he wasn't daredevil in college but as soon as he became daredevil if he would have been honest with foggy yeah. and been like i'm daredevil then they could have developed <coughs> you know developed a relationship where foggy could actually sort of assist yeah uh, daredevil during the early years yeah. while he's still developing the you know you know the complete superhero aspect of his life yeah foggy could have kind of helped out and been like been like the oracle yeah you know a, a little bit just kind of offer him a distance because obviously um, now you know foggy knows who daredevil is mm-hmm. and it i mean there's been a couple times when it's hurt their relationships but foggy's the man yeah he's been there's been several times when uh you know he's gotten beaten up yeah. his safety's put on he the line jumps in he saves him, but he but he keeps Matt's identity. So yeah. I don't think that he would have, Matt had anything to fear that Foggy would let it go. Yeah, and I think in the modern, but in the in the current book, he's the only one who knows because there was a weird mind. Wipe yeah, the, the mind wipe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that's that's what I that I would do. I mean, if I had more time to think about it, I might come up with a couple more interesting yeah. things. But I just think that Foggy from the go, it would have like been nice. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Um, the one thing I would change. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I think Karen in the born again story it's so i think she's ill-treated and i think it would have been a more interesting story to have foggy uh, be the broken down one. Oh, i didn't know we were talking about oh you can go forward and back oh, okay sorry. sorry that's okay but i i think it for me it would have been more interesting because it's such an obvious trope to have the woman be this like weak link in the whole thing mm-hmm. um it would have been more interesting to have the kingpin attack foggy and break mm-hmm. him down and maybe do like a um a french connection to style thing so instead he, of he it gets, being the person you love it's your best friend yeah and they okay. break him down and and just would and have karen be stronger i think in the i think she's a strong character mm-hmm. um you know they, they had a tendency to lean on her being the, the the damsel in distress but she was never overtly the one that he was saving it was always like she was just the woman that was getting in the way of him uh, being Daredevil, it was like the conflict of that. It was his distress was born from her, and I think she's shown herself to be strong. You know, she goes up and she confronts her dad. Her dad dies, and all this stuff happens, and she doesn't waver as much as, as she could have. So it felt really cheap to to just break her down so much in Born Again. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I think uh, 
we are nearly at the end. All right. Uh, before we wrap up, I have been talking about the kill list for a while. Yes. And I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of people that Daredevil has killed either explicitly or through his actions. Or <laughs> um, Issue one, the fixer has chased down until he has a heart attack. We start with him killing someone. <laughs> <clears throat> issue nine, Duke Klaus Kruger. They fight atop a castle turret and uh, Klaus falls to his death when Daredevil sidesteps him. Issue 15, the ox falls to his death. What is the, There's a name for people who, I think it's only thrown out of windows, but I'll have to look it up. There is a name for people who fall to their death. There's like a specific term. But Daredevil is a big fan of this one. He sidesteps (laughs) the ox and the ox falls to his death. Uh, Issue 17, he kills a bunch of the Mask Marauders henchmen by blowing up a Zeppelin by (laughs) shooting it. Uh, Issue 27, uh, Farnham, the Marauder, is kicked out of a helicopter and into a force field that zaps him to death. Mm -hmm. Issue 41, Bird, Ape, and Catman, uh, and the Exterminator possibly in an explosion. He blows up the, the lab. Issue 51, Biggie Benson is crushed by the plastoid accidentally sent to kill him. That one's a little, it could be Daredevil's fault, but it's probably Biggie Benson's fault if you get down to it. Issue 55, <laughs> Mr. Fear, Star Saxon, falls from his flying disc. Issue 57, Death's Head, Paxton Page, uh, is, is killed by cobalt po- poisoning when uh, Daredevil knocks him into the path of the falling cobalt to save Karen. Issue 59, a torpedo. It's knocked off the roof by Willie Lincoln, who's trying to save Daredevil. Um, again, that <laughs> might not be entirely Daredevil's fault. Issue 61, uh, Lemuel Fry is crushed uh, by a roller coaster car. Um, it's more to Jester and Mr. Hyde. Uh, issue 66, Vince Sterling, brother Brimstone, is kicked into the La Brea tar pits and drowns. Issue 71, <coughs> the Tribune is uh, killed by a helicopter explosion. (laughs) (coughs) A helicopter explosion when Daredevil throws a bomb into it. (laughs) That one's pretty clearly Daredevil's fault. Issue 76, El Condor is crushed by a statue falling when they're fighting. But again, that could be El Condor's fault. Issue 82, Scorpion, or is it? He's deaf when he's kicked off of the roof. (laughs) Um, Issue 84, the assassin is killed in a lab explosion. Uh, That could be killers from the distant future um issue 86 the ox again is dying from radioactive poisoning and daredevil punches him to speed up the process (laughs) issue 89 Kilgrave is apparently killed in an explosion crash when daredevil smashes the controls of his flying saucer issue 91 mr fear again larry cranston although this is more larry's fault uh, jumps to his Jeff from death yeah. from a building when he forgets to put on his rocket. Daredevil pack. even try to help him on that. <laughs> he does try to warn him. You're right. Uh, issue ninety two. This is a loose one as well because it's Black Panther pretending to be Daredevil. Um, the blue talon in fighting him hits a gas main and dies in the explosion. Issue ninety six. Mamble is wrapped in a rope and then that's attached to an anchor and thrown into the bay and sinks to his apparent death. Issue 98, the Dark Messiah, Daredevil convinces him <laughs> to die <laughs> yeah. somehow. Time for you to blow up now. So not bad. He, he's, a <coughs> <coughs> he's a pretty ruthless hero. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't mess around. Some of them, many of those were definitely, I mean, throwing a bomb into a helicopter only has one result. That's crazy. You did it, Jamie. Did it. I you kept did it. it. I kept the list. So he probably killed about, if you include all the people on the, you know, with the mass marauders. Maybe 20 people. Oh, I'd say more than that. Yeah, they were robbing the place. Yeah. Well, man, it's been so much fun. (coughs) It's been a joy. This is episode 15. Yeah. We have 
done this 15 times, yeah. Jamie. And, uh... 15 times. I don't know where your, your sheet went I'm there. looking for our outro. Oh, it's it um, we've done it 15 right times, and I have it mapped out. Um, at the moment, I have us mapped out to issue 50 for Daredevil Born Again will be in issue 50. But for now, Joshua and Jamie do Daredevil as a weekly podcast recorded, edited, and hosted by Joshua Gigan and Jamie Gamble. Episode artwork is by David Wynn. You can find us on iTunes, where you can leave a rating if you feel so inclined. We are also available to listen to on our website, which can be found at jnjdudd.com. Uh, if you have any questions or comments about the show, you can email us at jnjdudd at gmail.com or tweet us at podcast. We're also on Facebook where you can find us by searching Joshua and Jamie do Daredevil. Well, thank you for listening. Tune thank in you. next week where we're going to cover issues 101 through 105. That's right, yeah. We got. You think we can get through another 100 issues, Jamie? You I think, think we, we got, can. You think we got it in I us? I think we got it in us. <laughs> Uh, this has been a blast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank we, you. We, we appreciate each and every one of you. You can always send us questions. We love your questions. And uh, yeah, just keep reading Daredevil. This yeah. is the way to go. <laughs> yep. I'm Jamie. I'm Joshua. And, and we, we just, just did Daredevil. Daredevil.